I don't know what that means. But I do know it's time for Beef Sticks Podcast. Yeah. It's your boy Pasty White in this bitch. And of course, Fat Mac. The fattest Mac. Damn right. He's never whack. Never. His name ain't Jack. Woo! We are back. And we're not the only ones. It's better than ever. And boy, I think I got a little bit of a rant on that too. But we'll get to that. When time is right. But here we are at the top of the show. And at the top of the show is the part that you know where we give shout outs to our friends, partners, and sponsors. Of course, I'm talking about Monster Wear Clothing, where you can get your small run or bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics, along with custom graphics and local design services offered. Hit up my boy Corey Matthews at Monster Wear Clothing. Facebook.com forward slash monsterware. Quick turnaround times, high quality product. You won't regret your decision. Locally sourced here in the great state of Minnesota. And that's kind of a key thing with our sponsors. We like to keep it local. Of course, beyond Monsterware, we got that dude Saint and his company, Qualities T shirt company of Wilmer, Minnesota. They're doing some good things, man. He's bringing back his line of uh, bully wear, which is, I think, $5 every t-shirt sale goes towards pit bull awareness and helping get dogs the help they need, which is pretty great. It's fantastic. They're also putting on their Wilmer Mania, as we brought up last week. That's coming up April 6, 2019. AWS. Doors are at 6 p.m. Bell time at 7 p.m. Tickets for ringside seats are $15. General admission is ten dollars, and kids eight and under are free. You know, Pacey, I think I, I think me and the kids are going to be able to make this one. I would love to. Wilmer's kind of a bit of a jaunt for me, right? But AWF does a whole lot of stuff in my area, especially since Danuch lives in Elk River, not too very far from me at all. They actually do a lot of free stuff and charity stuff for the Elk River Township, which is I think really really cool to see. Yeah. But you won't want to miss this. Wilmer Mania is going to be big, and it's going to get bigger every year they put it on. Not only that, but it's going to air on TV 45 every Saturday at noon. You can catch AWF on there. And much like our favorite brand currently, MLW, you can catch all of their shows on YouTube for $0 and zero hassle. Plus, they've got built-in commercials that they made themselves, and it's just it's fun to like feel that kind of 90s nostalgia. I love it. It is. And if you're feeling very generous, just go to ProAWF.com. Not only can you watch all their shows there, but you give their website an extra hit. And that helps out a lot when you're an independent company. You heard it here first, folks. We're putting out a hit on AWF. And don't forget, folks, in 136 days, the interstellar event to end all events. It is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 1-1 moon landing and the fourth annual GGD Galactic Get Down. Hey, All right. This is a three-day outer space-themed music and camping festival if you don't already know. 
They are located in the outskirts of Houston, Minnesota. You will not be bothered by any earthlings who are not in our groovy hemisphere. You can find it at the breathtaking Outback Ranch. There are two stages, folks. That means no, no, no overlapping music. There's something for everyone at Galactic Get Down, folks. The festival is family-friendly. Bring your kids. Bring the elderly. There are plenty of activities on site. The festival also provides a variety of artist painting and creating all weekend. There are independent food vendors to satisfy every one of your cravings that may or may not be helped along by some cannabis intake. And with craft and art vendors lining the paths, you're definitely going to find something to add to your collection. Hang on your wall, put up in the background, give us a gift, or just buy, put in a closet, and never see again. Hang it on your wall, though, folks. Do yourself that favor. This homemade, handcrafted Minnesota artwork is top-notch. Make sure you stop by Dizzle Designs Art Booth. And, of course, Shake and Paint. I, he's so much fun to watch every friggin' year. Spray paint art phenomenon. It's amazing. That is July 18th, starting at 7 p.m. through July 20th, ending at noon time. Let's get weird. Tickets are now available at galacticgetdown.com. Of course, as we've mentioned before, there is no more early bird special if you're hoping to get on that. It is over. You're not early. But you can still get into the greatest weekend of your life for just $110 that's tax included. You just drop a bill and a teener. You're in. You're good. Don't be the suit that pays more at the gate. This is brought to you by Dead Larry, Seahorse Productions, and Vicarious Visions. And let them know Beef Sticks Podcast sent you. And while you're there, Drop by the booth and check out Pasty White and Fat Mac and the Cloud Style family. Get on the air. Talk to us. Let us know your feedback. Spread the love. And throughout the weekend, we'll also be hosting various small events at the Cloud Style booth. We're calling Handsome Row, including DDP Yoga for all of your stretching out morning needs. Stretch! Rise, shine, stretch it out, and feel the burn at the Galactic Get Down. So today, I have a special beer that I bought just so I could talk about it on the podcast. And this is a little bit of a different beer because I'm going to be upfront and honest. I expect I'm not going to like this beer. I really don't think I'm going to like it, but I seen it and it intrigued me so much. I said, I have to drink this on air. We have to talk about it, you know, and and just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not for me. Um, but this one here, it's from Excelsior Brewing Company, which is a really good brewing company. Let me read the description first and 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 then I'll tell you about it. It's called Rip Rap. Okay, rip rap. Sounds good. <laughs> this is their smooth and creamy stout recipe infused with, listen up, milk, chocolate, and peanut butter Reese's cups. Oh. Yes, folks, this is a Reese's peanut butter cup stout. 
That's interesting. I've had a peanut butter stout before, and I kind of liked it, but you don't really... It doesn't capsulate the full flavor of the peanut butter from what I've had in the past. So first off, I'm smelling it, and I smell the stout, and I smell the peanut butter. So I'm going I'm to take a swig now and see what happens. Folks, he's wasted on the floor. <laughs> you know what? It is nowhere near as horrible as I thought it was going to be. Ooh, nice. Actually, I know I've bought the Reese's peanut butter cup coffee creamer before, and I was very let down. Were you? This yeah. has has a very strong stout taste, so it, it is a dark, uh, heavy beer. And really, just right at the back of my tongue, as I swallow... It tastes like before I drank this beer, I had a Reese's cup. Honestly. So it's not bad. In in the initial drink, I don't really taste it. But as I swallow, there's kind of a hint. So you know what? I I didn't think I was going to be able to knock down. Actually, in fact, I was so sure I wasn't going to be able to knock down the six-pack that I already gave two beers away. So I got four. Oh, shit. But um, I'll, I'll take these four. Is it something I would buy again just to enjoy? No. I'm going to say that out front. Um, no. But is it something that I'd maybe buy again to have with six other friends just to experience it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It's not bad. It's it's worth drinking. There you go. Excelsior Brewing Company Rip Wrap Peanut Butter Cup Stout. There you go. Where does the rip rap come from? I'm That's the real not question. fucking sure. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure what rip rap has to do with that at all. Makes me think of riff raff, and he's just a shitty musician. Yeah, but he was a good character on uh, Heathcliff. Waiting with Andy Milnakis. What? Riff raff. He was the other uh, dishwasher with Andy Milnakis and waiting. Oh. No, nobody remembered that Andy Milanakis existed except for you, Loke, just to let you know. <laughs> all we knew was Louise Guzman and Ryan Reynolds was in there. That's all we fucking knew. <laughs> nobody remembered Andy Milanakis existed until you just said that. Everybody loves Andy Milanakis. Nobody liked treasure. him when he, when he was relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, people that nobody used to like who all of a sudden relevant pasty let's 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 ah let's get into our top story yeah let's slide right in so roman reigns returned to raw this monday to announce his leukemia was in remission and that he was indeed back for his yard but he was not alone in the final segment on raw during rick flair's 70th birthday celebration which saw guests triple h Stephanie McMahon, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Sting, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, along with the unveiling of a custom Ric Flair WWE World Heavyweight Championship. But oddly enough, the Nature Boy was nowhere to be found. That is until they cut to a backstage camera on who other than Batista walking into the birthday boy's dressing room. But he wasn't there to wish him well. Say it isn't so. It is so. Emerging moments later, dragging a lifeless flare by the collar of his suit and demanding Triple H takes him seriously now. That's how they ended the show. Fucking classic. Nice cliffhanger. High energy. Holy shit. It was just so weird that they did that whole celebration without flare in the ring. So is it so is it implied that Batista and Reigns are together as a unit? 
No, not at all, actually. Okay, so why? Okay, so I'm just curious. It says he's back, but he's not alone. Well, yeah. Who was his not alone? Two returnings. He, I mean, just multiple returns is all I'm saying. What? Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. There was multiple returns. Just other random folks showed up. So not, he was not alone. He just wasn't alone in returning. Right. Well, I mean, even Roman Reigns wasn't alone. He was met by Seth Rollins after he gave his announcement and they embraced each other. No Dean Ambrose at sight, but I think that's something that they're going to be working on over the next few weeks, trying to get him back on board. A lot of people seem to think that that Roman Reigns being back is going to get Dean to re-sign. But if you're Dean Ambrose, why would Roman Reigns being back make you want to re-sign? He's just going to so overshadow the guy you. in the shield yeah. and be overshadowed by the other two members and, and still catch all the shitty storylines. I don't know. To me, that's kind of weird. So we got to address the elephant in the room. I, I, I always try. I, I always want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And, and I want to believe that deep down, everybody has a good heart. But is there a chance as we all, as there was a lot of speculation when it first happened and I dismissed it quickly. Right, is yeah. there a chance that the Roman Reigns cancer reemerging was a Vince McMahon storyline just to get the guy over? Honestly, there's a chance. There's a strong chance. Only four months before it went back into remission, yeah. and he's going to start competing right away. It's not impossible for cancer to go into remission no. that quickly, but it's rare. But it's the biggest, probably one of the biggest miracles that's happened in wrestling in recent times. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, it's unfathomable. It can happen. I have to wonder if, like, Vince was trying to get The Rock to come to Mania, and Rock's like, well, give me Roman Reigns for this Hobbs and Shaw movie. So they wrote him off. I don't know. Because they also claim that that it was Reigns' decision to come back immediately and start performing immediately. Vince was willing to give him more time, apparently. Of course, they just put this bullshit out right. there to make Vince look good. Now, I will say, I do want to state that the American Cancer Administration did put out a tweet uh, addressing some fans. And, and I think everybody, I, and, and I don't have the tweet in front of me, and I will paraphrase it, but I do think it's important for everybody to heed what they're saying as truth. Because they are right. Basically, there was a lot of people saying, oh, Reigns came back. He's got a full head of hair. He looks jacked. He looks, you know, awesome. That's not what we've seen cancer patient looks like. There is no look, quote unquote, of a cancer patient. Right. No one person looks exactly like all the rest of them. Some people lose hair due to chemo. Some don't. Some people lose muscle mass. Some don't. If you're already jacked and built, and you can continue training, you're not going to lose that. Mm -hmm. What kind of um, treatments was he on and what kind of leukemia, which has literally like hundreds of different varieties, like subcategories, does he have? We don't know any of that either. We don't know that he even did any radiation or chemo. We don't know that. So I will be the first to say that I agree with the American Cancer Administration and the fact that the way Reigns looked when he came back should not be scrutinized. I, yeah, I, don't, no, I don't think so. Plus, the chemo takes time. You know, it was he was only out for four minutes. So four, four, four even, it felt like four minutes, folks. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <pretty> much. <laughs> watching weekly, it definitely goes by fast. Um, yeah, somebody asked me, like, but, how long was he out? And I was like, I think a month. 
and then I stopped and I was like, you know, honestly, probably longer than that, but I'm not yeah. watching. So it seems like a month. Um, I, I want to give him the benefit of the, the doubt. And I'm going to assume that everything's on the up and up. If it's not, let me be the first to say also, I don't think Reigns would have came up with this story. I think 100% it would have been a Vince McMahon saying, yep. hey, pal, they're not behind you. It's bothering you. I know what we can do. I'm going to drop you an extra 100,000 bonus if you go out and tell them that your cancer's in remission, pal. And the whole crowd was behind him when he came back. He also said, this is no longer my yard. This is our yard. See, that's the worst part. It's like, God, you... If at least they bring and that he's going to use the rest of his career to draw awareness. <laughs> yeah, if at least they bring him back as a heel and do something completely unexpected, you would almost say, "Wow, this doesn't seem like what you would do." But they're just playing the whole "you can't boo a cancer survivor" card. Uh-huh. And well, I bet he wins the Warrior Award this year. And even even if he wasn't faking it, and this is all true. That's still a shitty card to play in wrestling. We should be able yeah. to boo the fucker because we boo him based on the character in the ring, not Joe Anawai behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. They should be two very separate people like uh, Hulk Hogan has a 10 inch penis. Terry Blea does not. You know what I mean? It is separate realities. Exactly. A hundred percent. The same way that that Stephanie McMahon or Triple H can in one segment on a show talk about how much they're behind breast cancer or Connor's cure or this or that and then two segments later be a heel GM who's burying people and slapping guys and taking away and being heel. Like there should be a separation. So if they can, if they're going to say that you can separate uh, Hunter and Steph doing that then we should be able to separate Roman Reigns and Joe Anawaii. Right. Although I think it's, you know, before he left, for the last year before he left, I'd say I was getting more and more behind him as more people were going against him. So it is kind of nice to see him getting the 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 praise and love from the crowd that I, I feel like he kind of deserves. I'm still in the same boat where I don't feel that he deserved all the hate he was getting, but he definitely didn't. He's never earned the accolades that WWE wants him to have. Mm. I think he's somewhere yeah, in the middle. I'm hoping they don't push him right for the main event scene right away. They will. I mean, how would you, Maybe. I guess even as a business, if this wasn't a work, I mean, that's what I would do because he got a built in Cinderella kind of, story. But you already, you already have Rollins lined up to face Lesnar. They don't, WWE doesn't care about Rollins. We know that. I would, I, I wish would they so did love to see Reigns help Rollins beat Lesnar at mania. And then have Reigns turn heel on him the next on Monday. I'd be down for that. If if we got that, if we got to have a nice four month break from Roman Reigns, <laughs> and within a couple months of him going back, he flips heel, that would be fan fucking tastic. I'd be okay with that for sure. <clears throat> if he doesn't flip heel, I mean, I guess that's okay too. <laughs> so basically, we got a lot of show to go yet. So. Oh, yeah. um, I think there's a little bit story. more. Yeah, there's a little bit more to talk about here on this top story. Do you want to sum mm. up the, the, the end of this? Oh, yeah. Well, we've got the return of Reigns, the return of Batista. And as we all know, good things come in threes or more in this case. It was announced over the weekend that WWE rehired old Jim Cornette to head up the new creative team of Shane Helms, Joseph Park, Jeff Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt. 
and whoever else remains backstage. Not Arn Anderson. Motherfucker! <laughs> Which is really cool. And also this week it came out that Cornette will still be doing his podcast. Beyond that, Kevin Owens returned on SmackDown where Vince just gave him Kofi's WWE Championship match at Fastlane. Yeah, why not? It makes sense with the way people got behind Kofi. Odds are Kofi's going to have his mania moment. I'm hoping. Sure. Everybody keep telling um, themselves that. It'd be cool. It would be awesome. And I mean, but with the way New Day sells merch, if he won the championship at Mania, New Day would be an even bigger merch machine than they are currently. Folks, this is another where I want to be proven wrong, but I cannot uh-huh. fathom Vince McMahon letting Kofi Kingston win a title at at WrestleMania. Not a, a, a world title at WrestleMania. I just do not see that. And, and spoiler alert, when we got to make our bets, I'm going to bet <laughs> against it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you because the odds are Daniel Bryan will keep the championship. But I think it'd be really fucking cool. And then what if what if uh, they, they made a New Day championship? You know, because Daniel Bryan just got his ridiculous championship. It looks uh, like a pancake. making enough championships. You can, only have, <laughs> you can only have so many custom championships yeah, before yeah. it's just ridiculous. They've already got the, the side plates. Let's, let's leave it at that. News also broke Friday morning that Dana Warrior had been hired by WWE as a writer. It sounds <sighs> bad. God, it sounds, it sounds bad. Hopefully awful. Cornette can like rein her in. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll write stuff and it'll all get rejected. That's chapter one in the book of bad ideas. It's right before hiring Vince Russo as head writer. God, I would no love filter. it if they brought Russo back with Cornette there. Motherfucker. Folks, if you haven't already done it, go to YouTube and look up Jim Cornette getting pissed off. Uh, I want to say it's a Wendy's, but at, at, at the drive-in. Just just write Jim Cornette drive through You're going to thank me. <laughs> Best fucking video ever. You're going to thank me. Uh, with that being said, Pasty, do we have anything more to talk about on this, 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 this breaking top uh, news? Not other than I think it's really funny. Freaking awesome that Jim Cornette's back. I think I think they've got a really good creative team. They got Shane Helms, Joseph Park. I'm super excited for because not only folks don't know he was creative behind the scenes in TNA and mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling, and he he's just always from everybody you've ever heard any interviews from. He's always had a head for the business. Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he's he's like a Vince Russo. He's got good ideas. You just need to filter him. Cornette, uh, really old school style. So hopefully some people can tweak him to the new school sort of way. But yeah, I, I think, like I old think school WWE maybe with a little, a little bit, bit of the new school. school. So, and with us having Bruce Pritchard in in the mix, as we all know, I mean, it seems like they're really coming up with a dream team of creative. Um, Sometimes that can go the wrong way. Sometimes oil and water don't mix and it can actually make for some really bad product. But if you're just going by name alone, it looks like there's some extremely creative, extremely smart, extremely dedicated, lifelong pro wrestling writers there. I'm, I'm excited. I do have one beef with this and that ties into my beef from last week. And that's why the fuck would you call up NXT's top four guys if the following week you were going to do all this because now it seems like they're not needed you know what I mean yeah kind of a waste I agree. of effort don't have an answer for that um, yeah I don't have an answer for that well we've got answers to your burning question a lot of you've been asking 
Who do we want to see in AEW? Well, who? 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 We put together our top 10 wrestlers we would love to see in All Elite Wrestling. And I think this is uh, quite a motley crew of characters, but I think they all would add to the AEW roster without taking anything away. Now, let me preface this, folks, by saying we made these choices in a fantasy context, assuming that A, nobody is under contract to any company, B, none of this is going to hurt any company that they work for because they don't work for any company. Right now, they're just floating in limbo. And C, that AEW has plenty of room, plenty of money, and plenty of storylines for everybody involved. So this is a fantasy. We understand that some of this might not make sense. But honestly, even with us being in those restraints, basically we made it pretty realistic and grounded without trying to. Yeah, I think so. I think all of these names are are very, very feasible for names that you will see in AEW in, say, the next five years. Yeah. So let's just, let's get the ball rolling right away, pasty. Who's the number one? Who? No, no, no. Let's let's not do that. Let's go to number yeah. 10. Let's build it up. Number 10. And in all honesty, you could flip this list around and it almost be the same because all 10 of these, I am so I'm so excited to see on this roster that you could almost oh, yeah. flip you this list around it and it'll be the same. It doesn't really the order has I, I, I feel like has no meaning. Very little, very little. We we honestly even didn't put a lot of thought into the order other than like, hey, let's put this person here, there. Although let's we did that. have a list of like what, 26 names that we had to whittle it down from. We, so. <laughs> that was the hard part. <laughs> uh, what do we got, Pacey? Number 10, who would we love to see join AEW? Hailing from the yellow and black grounds of NXT, coming in at number 10. Is Adam Cole, baby? Baby! Yeah. I mean, he he was he was Bullet Club. He he was Future Shock. He is about the future. He is the future of the business. That's what Future Shock was. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Future Shock. They were two up-and-comers. And one guy stood out in that duo. He was the Shawn Michaels to Kyle O'Reilly's marty Janetti, and that's adam cole he is the future he is not at the apex yet this man still has a long time to go he took the loss at, at uh the the halftime show he took the loss at that tournament that happened that day or the day before and isn't that a good reason for him to jump ship aew yes. and become a top tier contender oh i think so i think so and he'd be right at home with the roster they have currently Oh yeah, he's he's not only does he know so many of them and not only does he call so many of them friends, he's been in the ring with a a huge percentage of them mm-hmm. easily. He knows how they operate, he could work with them very well. He's got the star power, he's got the charisma. Yep. You talk about the Bucks, you talk about um SoCal Uncensored, you talk about Hangman Page. He's been in the ring with at least all of them. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure MJF. Uh, I mean, Joey Janela. I know he has been in the ring with. So yeah, he's he's there. Oh yeah. So moving on to number nine, Fat Mac. Well, we need a female in this pasty. Let's 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 throw a female up in here. We can't. It's not going to be all men. 
They've already, they've already said. They've already said that the females are going to get an equal chance with the men. Right? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. One person who has constantly gotten the shaft over and over again, who has just missed the opportunity by this much pasty, and you can't see my fingers, but trust me, they're making just a tiny space. I can space. smell them. <laughs> Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox is an independent pro wrestler who has held titles all over the independents, but she may be most known to so many fans as being the woman who got injured in the very first May Young Classic, injuring her right knee and having to be taken out of the competition, only to return the next year. At this year, well, not this year, I guess it was last year's, but you know, the the the, the last May Young Classic that we had. And she came in there, and she came in with a fighting spirit, and every match she had was awesome. And it is rumored that she was going to win the whole deal, and then she injured her left knee mm-hmm. and was taken out again. And this girl has so much promise, and she has so much potential, and she has such a future that, again, fantasy world assuming that she's never going to have any knee injuries again, I would love to see Tegan Knox at the forefront of the women's division of AEW. She's deserving of it, and after injuries, odds are she'll never be signed to WWE. Too much of a liability. It's, yeah, and and that's not even a knock on WWE. No, no. You wouldn't want to put her in a in a high-profile feud to have her be injured partway through. And let's all right here, right now, agree that they just need to call the women's division All Elite Women. Yeah. AEW, All Elite Women. I love it. They'll probably come up with something else. I don't know. I think she'd be great. You know, we got another one who might be great. Coming in at number eight is my bae, Tennille Dashwood. That's a lot right, of you might know her as Emma. The former Emma. Some of you might know her as Emmalina. Didn't last long. Nobody knows her as Emmalina. <laughs> <laughs> we saw her once. <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh, like what they've been doing with Lacey Evans on WWE. She just kind of came out and then went away, and that was it. Uh, incredible talent. Um, she she showed so much personality in NXT. Those of you that only seen her on the main roster probably don't even understand why we would have her on this list. No, she was a joke on the oh, main roster. So much personality that she showed in NXT, and she has a ton of talent that she showed off not only in NXT and not only with great matches on the main roster. Remember her match with Asuka? was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. One of Asuka's best matches on the main roster, which is sad as shit, but true. But since going back to the independents, she's put on just amazing match after amazing match. Yes. And as her character, Tennille Dashwood, I think this is, it's pretty top of the line. You know, it's your standard, like, Hollywood kind of persona. Better than everybody and and she's been doing well. She's been doing a lot of good things with Impact Wrestling. Yep. I would love to see her join All Elite and shoot for the stars. She never got that chance in WWE. No. And it was a, it was a lost chance. Yes. Next up, someone who isn't lost. Someone who, in fact, is kind of everywhere. He's got the OVW Championship on his toilet. 
and is demanding $10,000 if they want to see it again. He is, in fact, he has has taken on the name The Draw because if you put him on your card, if you put him on your show, if you put him on your pay-per-view, motherfuckers are going to watch. Yep. And this man is the man that NXT fucked to the ground for some reason, (laughs) but he rose like the proverbial phoenix and Sammy Callahan is our number seven. Yes, that's right. Possibly the number one heel in the world coming in at number seven. I would love to see him on the All Elite Wrestling roster just for the fact of what, what would happen when he meets MJF. Do they feud? Do they team up? Either way, you got gold sitting in front of you. You got two sick sadistic fuckers in different ways, uh-huh. but that but that complement each other. But they contrast just enough to where, yeah, you could get that team initially, but from the beginning, you would see that there's going to be a riff in that team, and that payoff would be awesome. Mm. And we all know Sammy Callahan likes to work all over the place. And All Elite would be a good fit for him since All Elite is signing a lot of non-exclusive contracts so he could continue to do whatever he wants, wherever he wants, if he signed with the company. It would be perfect for him. And and Sammy Callahan is a guy that, and this is 100% my opinion. I'm not saying this is how he feels. I'm not saying this is how a promotion feels. And I'm not saying this is how any other fan feels. In my mind, Sammy Callahan is the kind of guy who can A, be your world champion, B, be your secondary champion, C, be a tag champion, or D, never hold a championship. And Mm -hmm. in any of those four positions, he would draw money. There's not a lot of folks like that. Some have to be one, some have to be the other, some can be one or two. You know, Rollins, he's a good secondary champ and main event champ. Um, He's okay tag, but he's not a great tag guy. He... He has that kind of solo persona about him that does that. And Rollins, if he never held a title again, I think he would sink down in the card. I think he needs a title every now and then to remind you how great he is. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't matter if he puts on five-star matches on a nightly basis. No, but Callahan... If they're not not strapping gold to you, you're nothing to them. But Callahan, I think, could easily work and never have a title and still be a top guy, a main draw and main event every now and then. Oh yeah. Now Callahan would be the kind of guy to make his own championship. Yeah. Yeah. Like an FTW or a million dollars or something like that. Of course I would love to see an OVW championship. You know, I think, I think it'd be so awesome. I never thought about this till just now, Pacey. What if they made an OVW championship and they only defended it against either Sammy Callahan Dave Chris or Jake Chris. <laughs> They're the only three that could do it. And they just would randomly do it. And 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 at none of those times would they get pissed when the other person would beat them or nothing. You know, it was always just like a mutual respect match or something like that. Right. I, I, God, that would be fun. That would be a that good time. That would be fun. Well, number six is somebody we've talked about already on this list. And one of the few people we would have coming in from WWE current SmackDown Women's Champion, Asuka! I mean, she's top-line competitor. 
you know, we're, we're going to talk about it, obviously, but this is one that speaks for itself. You mm. don't have to explain it. Right. You know why she is one of the top women in the world. And she could. She could be a locker room leader for your women's division. She puts on stellar matches every time she gets the chance. WWE has kind of wore her out and not done well by her. And even though she's fairly new to the WWE universe, quote unquote, uh, she is definitely a veteran. Oh, yeah. She is a veteran, and she's one of those veterans who has years left. Um, She has psychology. She has in-ring work. She has leadership skills. And she has promo skills. Now, obviously, she's not the best at English. No. And we don't know what AEW is going to be like. But some other promotions, that doesn't really hamper folks. Some promotions, it does. If you ever go on, on YouTube and go and watch an Asuka interview from Japan, you don't even need to know what she's saying. You can have subtitles or you can have it unsubtitled. She's a good promo. A good promo, you don't have to know what they're saying. You oh, can yeah, you feel, just feel it. it. Yep. Yeah, and she can. She has that ability. Nobody and I, knew what Ultimate Warrior was talking about. <laughs> exactly exactly so um i think she i mean she could be your number 10 for for certain arguments she's our number six for certain arguments you could put her at number one and i wouldn't argue too much against you either right she's another example of how this whole list is kind of just like whatever day of the week it is we could have moved these people in any other number mm-hmm But one person who definitely deserved a top five spot and who, Pasty, I don't think many of our listeners would have even thought of. In fact, pulling the curtain back, breaking the fourth wall, cutting kayfabe, Fat Mac didn't even think of him until Pasty White entered his name into this. And I was like, as soon as you entered his name, I said, he has to be top five. I don't know why I didn't even think of him, but he has to be top five. It's because he's not your typical, what you'd expect the all elite style to be, I think. But that's why I put him on the list because they don't have somebody like that yet. And you need a little bit of everything. And folks, mm-hmm. we're talking about the filthy one himself, Tom Lawler. He's been doing really good for himself on, on MLW. And I hope a lot of our listeners took our word and, went and checked out MLW and kind of have a a grasp on who Tom Lawler is and what kind of a performer he is, because he's definitely worth paying attention to. But if you don't know, he is an MMA-style pro wrestler. He's willing to get down and dirty. He's filthy, filthy Tom Lawler. He smells bad. (laughs) He's got that... uh, He's got that amateur background, that MMA-style... Uh, very Matt Riddle-ish, if you, yeah. if you are following Matt Riddle, folks. Mm-hmm. I'd put him right up there with Matt Riddle, except instead of weed, he rolls in dust. <laughs> um, he's kind of got a um, a Dean Ambrose he's look like a to chinchilla. him a little. Rolling in dust. Um, yeah, he's kind of like Matt Riddle, Dean Ambrose, and a chinchilla <laughs> all <laughs> fucked each other, and Tom Lawler came out. <laughs> I like that description, Pacey. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Filthy Tom Lawler. And, you know, 
how do I, I, I don't, how do I put this? He's not the best promo, but I enjoy his promos. Like I, like he gets into them. So I get it. it much yeah. like the ultimate warrior that you just mentioned. Like, it doesn't make sense. And I don't know what he's saying, but I'm fucking pumped. Yeah. I dig it. And his in-ring work definitely more than makes up for his lack of promo skills. Certainly. It certainly does. And as we've seen recently, other than the MMA and uh, Matt style, the man can get hardcore when he needs to. Yes, he can. So, and, you know, he, he's he's very, um, maybe not at, definitely not at the level. I'll say definitely not at the level, but very much a uh, Kurt Angle circa 1996-97. I can dig um, that. Not at that level. I would not put him that level. Kurt Angle was just a phenomenon that that escaped all logic. There's no way that an amateur should have ever been that good that quickly at pro wrestling. But Tom is up there, man. Mm-hmm. He's taken to the sport very well. He's fun to watch. He's captivating. And he could do a lot of really solid things for the All Elite Company. He definitely could. And you know, Pacey, with as much as All Elite has been uh, boasting that they want to promote tag division, there's a solid tag team. Probably the tag team that hasn't been signed. Because AEW signed a good chunk of, of some of the best. They got the Bucks. They got SoCal Uncensored. So they've got some And the Lucha top, Brothers. And the Lucha Brothers, yeah. So they've got top tag teams already. So... Even though they really are promoting tag teams and we have a top 10, there isn't a depth of independent tag teams that are such high level that we could throw in here. I do wish we could have squeezed another tag team on the list. I'll be honest there, especially with the way they want to push their tag team division. But knowing that they're going to push their tag team division to the moon, we had to go with the Briscoes. Damn boys! One of my favorite tag teams outside of WWE and maybe even inside of WWE. I would love to watch them compete with any tag team in any scene at any time. They're so entertaining. Brute force gorillas. Yeah, they they can adapt to so many styles, you know, and, and the two of them are so different too. Hmm. You got the redneck kung fu, then you got the the brawling beat 'em up style. Mm. And you got the tag kind of team. magic about them where they can they can pick up loss after loss after loss and it doesn't hurt them at all. And and that is that's them as a people. They are so inviting, energetic, enigmatic. And leave it all uh, in the ring every enticing. time they enter it. They just they they do. I can't stress enough. Uh, and this is, oh gosh, has it been five years now? It's been quite a few years now. Go back and watch when, uh, I want to say it was Jay Briscoe was fighting for Mark Briscoe's ROH World Heavyweight title. It was a title match between the two Briscoes, and they put everything on the line. Now, obviously, that's not a tag team match. But it just lets you know how much they care, how much they put into it. And after the match, it wasn't one of those typical pro wrestling tag team stories where like, oh, now they hate each other. They loved each other afterwards. Mm -hmm. Probably even more. 
Yeah, they they gained more respect. These are two guys that in real life own a fucking chicken farm, bale hay, go out and pick eggs at fucking five in the morning, and milk they look the cows, like it too. and and they come in and they and they wrestle and they they kick ass in the wrestling ring and they their promos are awesome and they got seven teeth between the two of them, <laughs> and you know um, I don't know if Mark is still with ODB. But I would love to put a, an add-on as a plus one in here and say ODB could join AEW, even if not even in a wrestling capacity, just join them. But that'd just be a plus one. I'm just throwing that in there because, hey, why not? The dumb boys. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, honestly, we're looking at this outside of reality, but inside of reality, I kind of expect the Briscoes to finish out their career with Ring of Honor just because Ring of Honor has <laughs> done everything for them so far. They're synonymous with Ring of Honor, and yeah. I would be more than happy with that because they're super comfortable there. And Ring of Honor is willing to, and again, we don't know, we don't know anything about the actual operations of AEW, but Ring of Honor is willing to, as I mentioned before, they, they own their own chicken farm, and AEW allows them to have certain time off to take care of their farm stuff. WWE will not allow that. There's no. other companies that will not allow that. AEW, we don't say, know. I doubt WWE would ever pick the Briscoes up. Uh, at this point in time, no. In the 90s, mm -hmm. if the Briscoes were around in the 90s, yeah. They would have fit in perfectly with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, Hardys, um, A, the, the, the Acolytes Protection Agency, APA, uh, all of them, for sure. But... Now, this is the part no. where I sound like a stupid mark. Are the Briscoes related to J Jerry Briscoe? They are not. Okay. But they did get permission from Gerald Briscoe to use the Briscoe name. Okay. So they are not related to Jack or Jerry Briscoe. Well, that's good to know. And hopefully we dropped a nugget of knowledge on somebody else out there in podcast land. Then I don't gotta feel like such a stupid dumbass. <laughs> it's worth asking. You just you never know. You know, I, there was many years, more than more years than I should have before I realized that Arn and Ole Anderson weren't related. Fuck, I always thought they were. Right. You know, it was like son of a bitch. I didn't know. I guess I always thought they were. They looked similar. Come to find out, that's how Arn Anderson got his ring name. He looked similar to Oli. You're Oli's brother. Son of a bitch. Come in here, you bastard. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's 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 wrestling for you. Yeah. Wrestling, you just, you always have to have that little bit of skepticism. And jumping back to our top story, as I was just telling a, a friend of mine when we were discussing the Roman Reigns thing, that's the sickest part of everything is... As being a pro wrestling fan, there's always a hint of me that has skepticism and thinks, God, it could be a work. Yeah. Oh, and that hurts me, too, because last week I said if he came back and was going back in the <laughs> no, ring, I did. was never watching WWE again. Well, guess what? I watched Ron SmackDown this week. So, And I told you he wasn't coming back. Uh, I said, there's no way. I said, it's not happening. But. No, he, he did. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. And we may never know on this probably for the best. Right. I don't think it would be possible for me to remove myself from WWE and continue to podcast on the same level. Maybe. We did it for a summer. But part of me always wanted to watch. 
I've done it for a year and I've tried watching. I really wanted to watch um Monday's Raw because of all the shit that went down. And I even I even set aside time to watch it. And I ended up watching Dangerous Minds instead. It was kind of worth it. Uh if you ignored Ronda Rousey's shitty promo or she demanded that Becky Lynch was in there and how this was detrimental to the women's revolution and what does this title mean? No, you want her in there because you want to whoop her fucking ass. That's how you should cut the promo. Right. And then she dropped the title in front of Steph and walked out. And another guy who just kind of uh, walked cut out. all kayfabe and walked out. <laughs> Coming in at number three. The greatest man who's ever lived, Pasty. Yes, that's right. Banana Man himself, A-double, Austin Aries. Uh, one of the few people I think um, had to be in the top five and almost couldn't be out of the top three and easily could be three, two, or one. It just so happened today that he fell at number three. That he did. An amazing talent, an amazing speaker, an amazing mind. Kind what of a douchey you... human being. Uh, he, he can be. Depending on who you talk to. We've heard in WWE he was a consummate professional. And other than the maybe work shoot that we've seen in Impact Wrestling, he seemed to be nothing but a consummate professional there. Uh, He has returned since then. Recently, too, right? Just recently. Mm -hmm. And he's coming for the title. Yep. And I, I haven't been able to really get a grasp on whether there's any news of it being a work or a shoot. So that's that's good. That's good on a double's oh, yeah. part and Impact's part and everybody either it way. It felt like a shoot when he stormed out of there. Truly. Uh, but yeah, this man is one of the most talented. I put him up there with your Okadas and your AJ Styles and your Omegas as one of the most talented single wrestlers that are performing today. Austin Aries is is one of my top guys. Yeah. And I mean, what kind of a dream match would that be to get him versus Omega? Oh. And to be honest, if we're talking uh, personality and we're talking about promo, just me personally, Austin is above AJ Styles, above Okada, and above Omega. 100%. He's just, he's Especially got if that you're in an environment with no writers where you're kind of coming up with your own shit to say Austin Aries is somebody you want on your team. Yeah. And he can be a, he can be a good face, but he can be an awesome heel. He can't yeah. be an awesome face. We already know that he can't, he can be a good face, not an awesome face, but man, can he be an amazing heel? Oh yeah. He was part, he was part of the tag team champions called the dirty heels with, with Bobby Roode. When you're called the dirty heels, you I mean you know you're made for heelism. Yeah, and speaking of Bobby Roode, there's another one who could have made the list, but we didn't even consider. And there's another one that WWE screwed up on and made yeah. a face when he should have been a heel. Yeah, like Roode could easily be time to fix it, but I don't know how long Bobby Roode has left in the ring. But definitely a double. I I expect to see him there. And he's kind of like with Sammy Callahan. You're like you said there, Pasty, and you hit the the nail on the head. You hit a home run and a touchdown in one. Ooh. Is that if AEW is willing to have these open contracts, they're gonna invite the Sammy Callahans and the Austin Aries who hit up multiple companies because they want to work 
five, six days a week and make fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. He is definitely a workhorse. Somebody you want on your team. And man, if he doesn't wind up in AEW at some point, I'll be very surprised. If he doesn't end up in AEW, I'm going to put the onus on AEW. You should work hard to go out of your way to bring him in. Yeah. And then there were two. Two more. Coming in number two. It's another woman. You know Another woman. From all in. It's Chelsea Green. I think one of the one of the wrestlers who you didn't know before all in that stood out more than some of your biggest names on that roster. She's definitely um she, she's one of the best women wrestlers out there. Um if anybody ever was into the uh independence and into um uh shimmer shine ECCW, you might have known her as Laurel Van Ness, and she kind of made a name for herself there. Uh, Impact Wrestling, she wrestled at Laurel Van Ness. Lucha Underground, she's done a few matches there as Reclusa, but um, I think she really, really got a big spotlight at All In, because uh, unless you watch Shimmer Shine, where women are the forefront, both in Impact Wrestling and Lucha Underground, she's always just been, she's never been in a, a really main storyline. So you're not going to get that. This woman has, the, the best way to put it, and they say this in the wrestling business, and maybe I don't know it right, but to me, she has the it factor, Pasty. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. She blew my mind it all in. I didn't expect anything out of the women I didn't know anything of. And she more than overcame what I had expected. She yeah, had been very she... solid. And I mean, she's never really been in a top spot, but she could easily get a top spot in AEW. And even if she didn't, you still need people to pad out the middle. Yeah. And she has that over the top psychotic gimmick that really works. Again, it, it you can make it a main event storyline. You can make it a super interesting uh, mid card you can you can do whatever you want with it because she plays that psycho so damn well that um, she's got the it factor. She's she's really good in the ring. She's not great. In fact, out of the list that we have, there's women that are better than her in the ring. I, I'm gonna say that. But um, outside of maybe Asuka, there's nobody who's got the the it factor and the personality that Chelsea has. And I think, and I think we're, we're in agreement here, Pace, the reason we put her at number two, she's somebody that AEW can mold as theirs. Yes. If Asuka comes in, that's going to be the former WWE's Asuka. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not going to be theirs um, even Tanel Dashwood is still considered formerly Emma Tegan Knox uh I don't think she's at the level of or the Neville the the level of um the level of the Neville she's not at the, the, the Neville of the level of the bevel you know what I mean she's just not so I I really think that this is somebody you could build your women's division around yeah I agree with you for there. sure you know and regardless of if she signs or not, I'm really excited to follow her career going forward because the sky's the limit with her. Definitely. Do we want to do number one or do we want to get into our honorable mention as we have to have in every top ten list? I think we have to we have to knock out the HM homo. 
All right. Our honorable mention, the most outlandish thing you'll get on this list, but it would be brilliant to see. Remember, this is all bets are off fantasy booking, folks. And all bets have to be off to get this one. Although you did just see this man in pictures with Chris Jericho at Ric Flair's 70th birthday party, and they look pretty buddy-buddy. And I'm pretty sure Vince stroked him the wrong way last week when he called up the top four NXT guys. You got who I'm talking about yet? Of course. It's nothing other than your COO of WWE, Paul Levesque, Triple H. Lavus Camilem Juvok. And I mean, as his friends call him. You know he's butted heads with Vince over the years. He no just way. wants to push him out of the company so he can run it the right way, or at least what he thinks is the right way. You know he's butted Steph through the years too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Vince probably watched. <laughs> Vince probably directed. <laughs> Get in there, Hunter. Yes, split those cheeks. Open the anus. Make her, make her gape, Hunter. Yes! Hunter, you're like a son to me. You know what I wanted my son to do back in the 90s? I wanted him to fuck his sister. Get in there and fuck your sister. Put that nose in there. Make it work. No, this would be fantastic. Amazing. Uh, I'd rather see him than I think any other WWE legend go over just because of the shock factor. Just because of that. I mean, honestly, he's not the best in-ring worker. He's not the best promo. He's... He he buries young talent. So for every reason, he shouldn't be an AEW. Except that he's considered the WWE guy outside of Vince McMahon. Uh-huh. And we've been talking for weeks about how they need that one more strong name get. And man, this, this would be a bigger coup than John Cena. It would be. Um, not happening. Never would. But fantasy booking... Well, how can, how can you not put him in there? Right. It'd just be awesome. Uh, it would be amazing. And I mean, you'd have to just think of think of the fucking the fire burning around Vince as Triple H walks away. Probably divorces Stephanie, leaves right. NXT, and just vacates the company. And, and how H, much damage that would cause to WWE. Back up, Pacey. As Triple H divorces Stephanie, walks away marries Linda and joins <laughs> AEW. <laughs> like, completely uh. usurps him. Oh, that'd be good shit. Good shit. It'd be fantastic. <sighs> but somebody else who knows how to get in. Tasty. Yes. And, and this guy knows how to get in. Somebody who, in all honesty, made the worst impression on me in AEW, or in All In, I should say. Not in AEW's first pay-per-view, but in the All In pay-per-view. I loved it. But a man who made one of the biggest impacts at the All In pay-per-view. And anybody who's listened to this show since then knows who we're talking about as the one that I despised and you loved. (laughs) Who, by the way, I love this wrestler. 100%. I just despise that skit. Pasty White, fans of Beef Six Podcast, our number one wrestler that we want to see in All Elite Wrestling. Pasty, who is it? Joey Ryan. And I mean, (laughs) it's got to happen. 
whether or not he's number one on the top of our list, I think this is something that's impending for All Elite Wrestling's future. He's he's gonna be there. He's all I mean, over the place. There's no way he's not. Yeah, he epitomizes independent wrestling. He really does. It's a gimmick that could never get over in WWE. They'd change him completely. They'd probably change his name too, just to get away from everything he's done on the indie circuit. Uh, I I would hope they wouldn't. I we don't again. We don't know what AEW is gonna be like. But you would hope they wouldn't. No, I'm talking if he was signed to WWE. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, WWE would have to change the name. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I only half pay attention to you, Pasty. You no, know it's okay. It yeah. No, uh, definitely. They would change his name. They would never let him come in as what he is. No. And the gimmick would be gone, and he'd probably more than likely join the fashion police and never be heard from again. But in AEW, I mean, God, you'd have your top face outside of the elite who, you know, kind of switch back and forth on a given basis. I think Joey if, Ryan, I, if I'm AEW, the elite starts off as heels. I think so, too. They kind of, I, well, uh, Kenny Omega is already going against the heel Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's that's what I was just going to say. They already got Jericho as being heel. So I guess I don't know that you can. But to me, you're be, I mean, you're always best off starting out as heels and moving up. But whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Joey Ryan, I, I mean, he can be a face or a heel. The only thing is, as a heel, he's more than likely going to be cheered anyways. Yep. But he can play the the Chris Jericho role where he can be a heel that's cheered and still get his point across, I believe. Yeah, definitely. He would add so much to the product. He has already has a, a pretty long tenure with the Being the Elite show. Yep. He is all over the place, known the worldwide round. Uh, loved and hated. Yeah, he's very divisive, and, and all of that stems from his penis. His penis is very <laughs> divisive. Some people love his penis, such as myself, and some people think his penis is destroying the art, is destroying the whole business. Um, now, I love Joy Ryan's penis. I did not like the thousand druid penises that <laughs> came to resurrect Joy Ryan's Resurrect. Penis. I thought they were wrong. Yes, but um, no, Joey Ryan, um, I fell in love with him. God, years ago, I fell in love with him. In fact, um, it was before, well, I, I, I watched him before he ever got into um, TNA Impact Wrestling's Tough Enough. But when he got into TNA Impact Ref Wrestling's Tough Enough, he really got to shine on a national stage, and I really got into him. And I started watching Impact all of his Wrestling has the rights to Tough Enough? Um, oh, not tough enough. What was it? Um, I was going to say. What was it? Well, help me out. If you're going to criticize me, Pasty, at least fucking add an answer. We shit show. Don't just shit on it. Help me out. <laughs> um, what was there tough enough? It was, uh, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, they, they had their own, which was actually way better than tough enough because it was basically like American Idol meets pro wrestling. Two guys had a match. They had three judges. The judges voted on if they got a contract or didn't. Um, but he was on that, um, and and he he didn't get the contract. But they loved him so he he when you're when you lose, you still get to give a farewell promo, and he did such a good promo that they literally stopped him before they left the arena and said, "Dude, 
You got to blow us up on on, on um, social media. You got to shit on us. You got to hate us. And we're going to make this a storyline. We have to have you. That's how good he was, was they didn't like him in the ring. And then his promo was so awesome. They were like, we have to have you. <laughs> so that, that got me into him. I watched all his PWG stuff and everywhere else he went. Then when he formed the world's cutest tag team with uh, Johnny Gargano's wife, Candice LeRae, those two are one of my favorite tag teams of all time. I put them up, put them up there with the Dudley boys, the Briscoes, the Road Warriors, just fucking fantastic. Go on your YouTube machine and look up world's cutest tag team. Any matches, but for sure their match against like the young bu- young bucks. Oh, fucking amazing! Go check it out, folks. Just do it. PWG. Uh, Joey Ryan just God. He has the person, and you look at like Lucha Underground. He was on Lucha Underground as an undercover federal agent. <laughs> like this man, he can act. He can promo. He can wrestle he could probably the least thing he does is wrestle but he doesn't wrestle bad he's just so good with personality that you're like oh his wrestling's good uh-huh. but i love everything else <laughs> and the penis plex pasty you can't you can't get past the penis penis plex man i can't i tried uh, it didn't work that's i got plexed by the penis honestly it's, it's probably the whole reason i, I pay attention to him He's great yeah. with promos, but that really, it sets him so far apart from anybody else. And I love it so much. Who doesn't want to have a penis strong enough to flip a man? I mean, I have one. I just don't share it and show it off. I have a little bit of poise. <laughs> well, there you go, Pacey. I mean, I think that's a solid... That's that's a top 10 list for any fucking promotion, isn't it? We could have just yeah. put this, the top 10 for us starting our own Beef Sticks fucking Cloud-style promotion. Right. And fuck, we could do this list again in a month with 10 completely different names. 10 completely different names. We could have, yeah, we could have whittled our list down and not had any of these people on here. So, And there's a lot of people who could be on this list that we never even considered in the first place. I, I hope that some of our listeners email us, um, put us on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter, whatever, and tell us who who we missed, who we didn't get, who we should have put on there. So, folks, Facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks Podcast. Don't forget Twitter at Beefsticks CSB. And now Instagram at Beefsticks Podcast. Send us a picture of who you think should have been on there. <laughs> you can make text graphics now, too. You can graphic all your texts you want, <laughs> folks. And feel free to send us an email at beefstickspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Let us know who you think we've left out. Let us know your top 10. We're interested or- to see. Or who do you think wants. doesn't belong on there that we put? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is Tanel Dashwood not worthy? Is Sammy Callahan too much of a loose cannon? Is Joey Ryan just a penis? Let us know. But no more no more dwelling on that pace. We gotta move along. This is a, a jam-packed episode. Well, it's always so much fun when we try to toss a top ten and a game in the same show. You know what? I like to toss a salad, man. I like to toss a salad. Mm. I ain't even gonna lie. Get my lips puckered. 
get my my tongue loose. And with that being said, it's time for the Savage Sentinel. Ooh, yeah, snap into it. Pacey. Yes, sir. Arguably one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time is going to be joining D-Generation X as the second announced inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame for 2019. You talking about The Miz? Not talking about The Miz. I'm talking about the Honky Tonk Man. All right. Is he going to be inducted by Elias? I I don't know who he's going to be inducted by, but I will say that I was kind of surprised that he wasn't already inducted when they yeah. when they dropped this knowledge. I kind of had to look it up. Like, really? Yeah, you already got you, you got hacksaw Jim Duggan in there, but not Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Come on, hacksaw's never held any title in WWE. He's just you on the have... board. <laughs> oh. <Ho-ho! laughs> Uh, but this is good. This is good. The Honky Tonk Man was good, if, if for nothing else, for generating heat. Yeah. Um, I, I recommend my my favorite story of Honky Tonk Man, and I recommend folks look this up. Is Eric Bischoff talking about when he fired him from WCW? And that's one of my favorite stories. So <laughs> go and look that up, folks. Throw it in your Google machine. I'm but, sure this story will be told at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Depending on who inducts him, I guess. (laughs) I hope it's Elias, and I hope he does it very begrudgingly, because I know he's really upset that people keep comparing him to Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett would be another one that you could use to induct him. Easily. Um, So, no, I I think it's deserved. As I said, as you and I both assumed he was already in here, this is deserved. This is one of the the guys that is deserved and is a longtime, multi-time champion. So, yeah. Um, right up there with DX, they're they're starting out with an all star class. Um, it might just go down from here. It might. We're gonna find we said out. That last week though. <laughs> I know, right? I'm hoping this is one that I I don't regret watching. I'm hoping we don't get a, a Mr. T hour long talking about his mama rant. My mama fucked my teacher, so I will graduate high school. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Forrest Gump. I just watched that movie and forgot who I was. Oh, but yeah. I did lose my legs in the Vietnam War and started a shrimping boat company. I'm sorry, I'm not Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump, but I just watched that movie. <laughs> this is going to go on for another 27 minutes. Oh, man, yeah, no, WWE's really cashing in on the names the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony this year so far. And Dude, I'm they cash in on everything. Well, you know who else is cashing in? Who's that? Nintendo is cashing Nintendo. in on the shock return of the big dog, Roman Reigns. <laughs> As this Wednesday in a Nintendo Direct, Ishihara of the Pokemon Company unveiled the titles for the late 2019 8th generation generation releases, Pokemon Sword, but more importantly, Pokemon Shield. Ooh! Oh. Sierra Hotel, the eye letter, Echo, Echo, right. Indigo, Lima, Echo, Diego, Shield, Dada, Bada, Bada, and it's Delta, Delta, not Diego. <laughs> Diego was um was um, uh, what's your name? Backpacks, uh, cousin. Dora the Explorer. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> 
Dude, you're making a live-action fucking Doherty Explorer. Like, I'm down for the live-action Kim Possible, 100%. Like, I, I'm going to buy that on DVD. I don't even care if it sucks. <laughs> live-action Dora? Come on, man. Yeah, that's the a little ridiculous. The cartoon was fucking pretty repetitive. Yeah. I'm the map, 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 I'm the map. They should do a live-action clues in kind of the same vein as Wilfred. Well, I just, I just love that motherfucking map song was like, it was like a goddamn, uh, uh, 20, 2019 rappers song where they just repeat the same fucking thing right. over and over. That's not a song. You're just repeating the same thing, dude. You're just saying I'm a map. That was, that was the song. Would you be thinking you're calling? You think you're big and you're small and I know that I'll be with all in. I'm the map. <laughs> I don't know. Who be walking to the path? Who be itching that ass? We be making the cash. Bitch, I'm the map. Woo! Uh, oh, man. Uh, not a lot of fans are going to go see that door of the Explorer live action movie, Pasty. <laughs> but honestly, I think many fans were shocked, Pasty, to see Matthew heartedly sometimes known as Matt Hardy, back in the WWE on SmackDown. Pacey, we were one of the outlets who had reported that the contracts of the Hardys were expiring. Yes, we were. The speculation was running wild, and I thought for sure they'd be headed to AEW to add that much-needed star power to the roster. And Pacey, I think we were all played, man. We definitely were. Yes, it seems that the Woken Star had been open about his contract status and mentioned that it was expiring soon. All of this was legitimate, Pasty. But, while he wasn't exactly lying to us fans, uh, the son of a bitch did admit omit some information. According to PW Insider, there is a clause in both Matthew and Jethro Hardy's contracts that allows WWE to extend it to a third year if the WWE chooses. And it seems like they wisely have. I think they kind of needed to, honestly. Even if they're not planning on doing anything with them, at this point in time, you don't want them going somewhere else. Why wouldn't you lock them down? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, very Matt smart was, to put that clause in there, too, because if they if they both got injured a bunch and they weren't able to do anything, then you cut them loose. Yeah. And you know what? Being the businessman that Matt Hardy is, that we all know he is, and he's always been the genius behind the Hardy brand, even though Matt or Jeff was kind of the face. Matt, everybody has said Matt was the brains behind it. Yeah. He was simply using this whole AEW situation to build some buzz. And uh, this whole time, he's just been out rehabbing lingering injuries and getting in better ring shape to return to WWE, the place that's paying him millions of dollars. It's just so crazy to think that six months ago, he was saying he was done. He couldn't do it if he wanted to be able to raise his children and hold them. Pacey, this is why I just... It comes back to the Roman Reigns thing. Right. I'm so skeptical about everything in pro wrestling yeah. because everything is is a half step away from being a fucking work. Everything is a half, half step away from being a fucking work. Well, that's how you, you have to don't operate know. in the day and age of the internet. It is, and it's not bad for them. It's just, 
And it's not bad for us fans. I love not knowing. It's just that a is the shady. best thing in the world. But then something like Roman Reigns happens, and you have that seed of doubt already planted, mm. and it's like, oh, that's all. That's all. I'm not saying it's bad. I think Matt Hardy did the right thing. I think he did the right thing for his brand. He did the right thing for the company that he's staying with. He did the right thing in general, and it even it even drew up talk about AEW. So he helped AEW in the process too. So I think he did the right thing. I'm not saying he did anything wrong at all. I'm just saying that's one of the reasons you just can't believe 100% of everything that you hear about pro wrestling. There's always that 0.9% that's like, fuck! Yeah. And the thing is too, uh, they came back together on SmackDown Kind of the rumor running rampant is they're going to be Team Extreme and the whole Woken thing is kind of going to be put to rest, but he did come out doing the delete, which just might be something he hangs on to. He's still got the yellow streak in his hair. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not capitalize on that? He's smart enough. He could meld the two together. Yeah, yeah. And maybe this time, if you're going to do the Woken thing, maybe do it right this time around. I mean, I... I'd say if you had an opportunity as WWE to hit the reset button and do it right, now's your chance. I don't think they will. I don't I don't think so either. I can hope. Okay. But talking about other people who have talked about leaving and now it seems like maybe they're not pasty, uh some news has come out about the revival. Yeah. Wilder and Dawson seem to be on the verge of leaving WWE not so long ago. They were pretty upset with not being used, uh, with with uh, uh, Bobby Roode and Gable not being featured on Raw as the tag team champions. Yeah. They patented or filed for a patent for the term hashtag FTW. Which I think has anyways. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they're wearing it on their pants yeah. which is weird it's so weird in WWE to be flying that around when we all know it stands for fuck the revival uh, WWE doesn't know what the shit they put <laughs> out there means and I mean this this comes from a history of fucking things to where people were like nobody in the back room knew what um Godfather's um uh, oh, what did he say about fucking smoking weed? Oh, God. Uh, Any other day you ask me this, I'd have it right there on the top of my Oh, Why don't you have it today? Well, I, I know that um, Rob Van or X-Pac would say, I'm going to, I'm not going to kick your ass. I'm going to roll it up and smoke it. And nobody knew what that meant. And Godfather's, um, oh, oh, let's light a fatty for this pimp daddy. That's what it was. Yeah. Nobody knew what the fuck that meant. Like the, the people in the back don't know what these things mean. They're just like, oh, okay. It rhymes and it flows. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> we go ahead. Mm. According to Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, they're now fully committed to leading Raw's tag team division. He reported that they have expressed to friends and fellow wrestlers that they are staying in WWE and allegedly have verbally committed to WWE offices that they are staying put. Make what you will of that. Yeah, you know, between them, 
First we had we had rumors that they're leaving. Now we have rumors that they're telling people they're staying. Um if you're Wilder and Dawson, do you just fight the rumors that you're leaving just so that you don't get shit on on the way out? That's I always think a possibility. That that's the smart move. You, you got to be loyal to your company while you're there. At the same time, they are the champs now, and WWE does seem to be sucking their dick at the moment. Which so is good. maybe you know it's nice to see wrestlers putting their foot down and actually having something happen. So it could be as long as WWE is willing to commit to them, they're willing to commit to WWE. Also, it's yeah. it's a it's I mean, it just goes back they to did inspire stars like TJP and Ty Dillinger to take a stand, and that didn't work out too well for them. Well, maybe it did. No, but they're released from the company now. So you never, just, you still don't know what you're going to get when you go to the heads and say, hey, we're not happy with our position. No, you don't. And this just goes with the theme of today's episode where it's just like, how much of this do you take as reality and how much of this do you take as bullshit, you know? Yeah. And how much of it is bullshit from dirt sheet writers and how much of it is bullshit from the wrestlers themselves trying to get a better deal? Yeah. I mean, who knows? I don't know. You'd be stupid right now if you were on the WWE roster and you didn't try to get a better deal the next time your contract was up. You'd I'm be stupid right now and I'm not on the roster. <laughs> nope. Every WWE superstar should let Vince think that they could possibly leave to go to the Indies. It might end with I... you getting the benefit. It might end with you getting your release. But either way, it's it's better than what they're getting at this point in time. I I agree. Um, some big news here, some court news, pasty. My favorite kind of news. PW Insider offered a update on the Colt Cabana CM Punk lawsuit, which alleges that Phil Brooks owes Scott Colton money for his lawyer fees in the case against WWE physician Chris Amen. We've talked about this at length in the past. This is just an update, folks. The latest is that Punk has filed a follow-up in an attempt to dismiss Cabana's amended lawsuit on February 14th. What a lovely day to do that. Right. <laughs> Punk's legal team said, quote, It is plaintiff's prerogative. Again, bear with me, folks. Trust me, I'll give you a summary at the end, okay? It is the plaintiff's prerogative to submit a threadbare response to defendant's motion to dismiss. But in doing so, plaintiff only underscores the fatal insufficiency of his claims for breach of contract and fraud. God, that hurts my brain. I had no idea what the fuck that meant either, pasty. But in layman's terms, basically what it means is that Cabana failed to address the, quote, terminal deficiencies in his amended lawsuit and that his response did not have an argument to it. So basically, he is failing to put a reason to why he thinks that CM Punk owes him money. That That's basically what it means. Uh, but I like that old legal bullshit, man. It made me sound smart for a second. Yeah, it did. Uh, so Judge Daniel Kubasiaski? We'll say Kubasiaski. Cub Asia's K. <laughs> Judge Daniel will decide whether to dismiss the case or not on March 15th. So hopefully, folks, in a couple few weeks, we'll have uh, an update for you on whether this is going forward or not. 
this is not to dis this is not whether to like like the case is is good or bad. This is just whether they're gonna dismiss um Cabana's case or not. If it is, then then it's completely dismissed. If it's not, that doesn't mean Cabana won. No. That just means they're going forward with the lawsuit. Yeah. Woo! Um, let's see. We're running out of time. So, let's talk about Tommaso Ciampa and then move on to the game of the week. What do you think, Pasty? Uh, I'd rather do the last one, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Let's go with that, then. I mean, we we all know Tommaso Ciampa's injured and had a, he's a, a re-aggravated injury. They don't, yeah, they don't state pussy. what it is. We know that. Could be his name. We just know... T- Ciampa's a pussy. Just say it, Pacey. <laughs> just, just say it, okay? okay? Just say it. Tommaso Ciampa so, is a pussy. All right, so what do we got for our last uh, Sentinel Savage statement? Well, Patricia Arquette was recently interviewed by Ellen DeGeneres, and the conversation fell upon her brother David Arquette and his current and past wrestling career. She said that it's scary for her, especially since he returned to wrestling shortly after suffering a heart attack. She admits to not watching his matches because it would be too much for her. And after reviewing some of his recent hardcore matches, I can't say I blame her. We can definitely see how a heart attack would make David want to return and rectify his wrestling career before it's too late, which he has been doing for almost a year now. Arquette also recently visited WWE headquarters to film for an upcoming project and was also seen backstage at Raw this week. He's been doing some good things for himself. And God, I would like to see him get a little bit of spotlight in WWE. I I like the fact that hopefully he is shunning the image of him destroying WCW mm-hmm. because it had it wasn't him. He didn't never he never wanted the title. That was Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff. And they've both admitted that. And David Arquette, folks, who maybe we've we've talked about this at least twice on the podcast before, but if you haven't heard it before, David Arquette gave every single dime that he made from WCW, he gave to Owen Hart's widow and family. So don't shit on David Arquette for what happened. No. And really, if, if you're still on the fence about him, Take a look at some of his recent work. I watched a hardcore oh, match he was in Some this week. hardcore shit. Good Light God. tubes, like, thumbtacks, barbed wire. Light bulbs. Man, yes, he was holding the blood into his neck. Got out of the <laughs> ring multiple times to try to see if there was a medic around. That was the one that he got pissed about. Yeah. That, that where he actually got stabbed in the goddamn neck. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, find that one, He was folks. the bigger man and finished out the match. He did, he did, and then and then he just fucking stormed off and no-sold it, but I don't blame him. He didn't want to die. Right. But he's been turning shit around, and God, just anything he can get, anything he can do to turn himself around, go for it. I think he's been great, and I and I and I, I, I back him up on it. I was never a hater of his for the whole WCW thing. Um, I seen. I even seen it from the perspective of Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. It did get mainstream attention, and that's not a bad thing. Uh. 
Um, and I don't think it killed WCW. I think the AOL Time Warner merger killed WCW. Hmm. It's just really easy to put a scapegoat, you know. It is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely recommend looking up some of his matches because he's fucking putting a lot of work into this, folks. Yeah, he's, he's not half-assing no, it. No, he's definitely trying, and I love it so much. Uh, Yeah. And I, not that it's cool that he had a heart attack, but it's cool no. that the heart attack made him want to go back and correct all of that. I'm sure he's wanted to go back and correct it for a long time, but it drove him to. Well, it's kind of like the whole, it's not cool that Kurt Angle has a had a broken neck, but it's cool that he won a gold medal with a broken mm. neck. That, yeah, it's cool that something came from that. Lit a fire under his ass. And he's showing it. He, he's showing improvement every time I see him. He's he's not he's better than some people on WWE TV. Why the fuck didn't we put him on the top ten? <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's got to be number twelve right. for sure. Yeah. yeah, he's number twelve. Uh, I won't scoff though if he does have a stint in WWE and goes into the Hall of Fame. Is he already in the Hall of Fame? He's not, and he's never appeared on WWE TV. Other he's than done some stuff for the network though. He has um. Actually, a while ago, we were watching a pay-per-view, and uh, my sister, the original Beef Taco B, was watching with us, and she said, is that David Arquette in the front row? And I said, fuck no, that's not David Arquette. If he was there, they'd fucking put a graphic and shit. Goddamn if we didn't rewind it, and David Arquette was in the front row of a pay-per-view not too long ago. I mean, within the last, like, two, three years. It was like, son of a bitch, he's on the, the, the WWE pay-per-view, he's there! And they never did put a graphic up for him! It's like, that's a former WCW champion! You didn't put a fucking graphic up for him? You put it up for fucking, uh, uh, fucking Ball Johnson or whatever the fuck that dumb fucker's <laughs> name is? I'll go with Ball Johnson, I like that name. If I was a wrestler, like that would be Ball my name. <laughs> I like Ball Johnson. Fuck him. You know what? Ball Johnson sounds like the kind of fucking name that a main event wrestler who is main event now had when he was just starting out, Pasty. Huh. Ball Johnson. Yeah, you're right there. What are the kind of fucking goofy names, man? Think of think back into all the fucking weird shit that some of your favorite wrestlers have been called in the past. Oh, I, I can dig a lot up. You want to go head to head on that? Um, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's see who knows the weirdest, wackiest, wildest fucking names of some of the biggest pro wrestling stars of the last few decades. And hey, Pacey, fuck this. Let's have the listeners fucking join in. Let's have them play along. All right, I'm down. This sounds fun, man. This this sounds I'm I'm excited for this. Alright, Pacey. Who do you got at number one? Who do you think who do you think has a weird name? Oh man. That we'd probably recognize today. You know, I'm gonna start out a little easy on you. Who is Nick Nemeth? Nick Nemeth. Huh. Oh, you don't gotta pretend to play around. 
I want to give the listeners at home time to think, though, Matt. I want them to think. Nick Nemeth. I think you folks have seen Nick Nemeth. You've probably seen him in a cheerleader uniform. You may have seen him thrown into a box and marked OVW by DX. It's a possibility. You may have seen him as Kerwin White's caddy in 2004 and 2005. And to be fair, Nick Nemeth is not a worse name than his current wrestling name. No. I think Nick <laughs> In fact, I might be better. Because I think that's no. what he's doing stand-up comedy under. I don't think that is his real name, but it could be what he's doing stand-up comedy under. You, you, check it out while we're thinking about this, because I could be wrong on that, but I didn't think it is his real name. Nonetheless, folks, that is the man known as Dolph Ziggler. Before he got the porn star um, persona, which, by the way, folks, if you didn't know, the Dolph Ziggler persona started out as a porn star persona. It was supposed to be a parody of Dick Diggler <laughs> from, um, oh, shit, what's the porno movie, Pasty? There's a lot of them. Oh, no, the, the only, like, mainstream porn star movie. Um, oh shit, why can't I think of it? The the big not the big Lebowski. Um Oh my god, come on, Pace, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not I'm not so up on that. You came up with this fucking list and you didn't even look into it! <laughs> now you're telling them Boogie, there's a Boogie list Nights. after we came through that whole intro, even though if they were listening to last week, they know that we've been planning this for a week. <laughs> Boogie Nights. It's the main character from Boogie Nights is Dirk Diggler. He's a porn star. And yes, Dolph Ziggler's real name is Nicholas Theodore Nemeth. Oh, what a dick. That's that's <laughs> that's horrible. That's horrible. I thought so. Not I just Nick, watched but Nemeth. Him, uh, right before... Who the fuck wants to be named right Nemeth? Right before the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I guess I'm lucky enough. Like, I, I, I don't think you're... I, I don't think you're shoot... Last name is bad, Pacey, and I'm not going to say it on the air. I think it's horrible. To know it. Especially like, if you don't my, give I've, my I've full been, first name. They don't run into each other very well at all. I've been lucky enough that, like, my <laughs> shoot last name is literally just two words put together. So it's not like, it's not great, but it's not, like, bad. It's it just like, hey, bush. these are two words that exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... Shoot-wise, I'm coming out with this off the top of my dome because we're still playing off that we're just making this up as we go, Pacey. Um, <laughs> my name is Leviathan. It's a biblical name. It is. See, I don't think of it as biblical, though. I, I think back to my high school days at the lunchroom table playing magic cards when the Leviathan was like one of the things you did not want your opponents to play. Oh, yeah. I think they got that from the Bible, though, off. Uh, also, no doubt. to be honest. But yes, the Leviathan is, is a creature since the Bible. Yes. Um, which is, is a badass creature, honestly. Leviathan, Bible, Baptist, Baptism, Baptista. Batista? Oh, Snoop! It's Drax the Destroyer himself, Dave Bautista. As Leviathan. Yeah, that one was pretty easy. Uh, I would assume, I'd assume a good portion of our audience got that one. 
I think that's a fairly easy one. I We both tried to start out easy. We're going to start out easy. We're going to easy in, and then... And then we're either going to go super hard or super easy. It's it's yeah, it's, uh, it's going to depend. Yeah, it is. It depends on where you are in pro wrestling, I guess. Some of these, yeah. I definitely tried go. to stump, stump you with a lot of these. I think you did stump me with a lot of them. Uh, so my next one. Who is Justin Hawk? Well, first of all, let me say that Justin Hawk is not just incredible. No. And I don't mean that by the name. I mean that as I don't think he's a great worker. I liked him in one small portion of his run in WWE. Before that and after that, meh. Commentating, uh, I was happy and to hear even him though, back in the Royal Rumble. Even though Justin Hawk seems like he could have been a Road Warrior substitute, <laughs> probably better than Darren Drozdov, first of all, folks. Honestly. Um, yes, I know who Justin Hawk was, and he became um what do you want to call him? JBL? Or do you want to call him Bradshaw? Or do you want to call him Justin Bradshaw Layfield? Or do you want to call him Blackjack Bradshaw? Or do you want to call him um, John Bradshaw any of those. Layfield? Any of those. Any of the top will do. And yeah, no, I, I had to shorten JBL. it because his full name back in the day was Justin Hawk Bradshaw, which would have given it away too much. Right. Yeah, it would have been way too easy. Yeah. No, My he number two appeared in '95 oh. through '97 as Justin Hawk. He was managed by his uncle Zebekiah, who is Zebediah Coulter. Yes, it was a mountain Zeb man Coulter. gimmick. He defeated Bob Holly in his debut and remained undefeated for three months. But that's about all he's got for the accolades under that name. Zeb Coulter is one that I think it's overlooked a whole lot because he was Uncle Zebediah for a long time before. Um, be, before becoming Zeb Coulter. Yeah. Yeah. So mine, uh, it kind of gives a clue in the name, but we'll see where it goes. Mine is Lord Humongous. And let me, let me go off and say that this guy would come out to the ring in a uh, a Jason style hockey mask and a BDSM sort of uh sex slave outfit is 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 the best way I can describe it. Maybe that's not what it was, but that's what I see it as. Um was was managed by Jimmy Hart, pasty. <sighs> this one I'm not sure of. Got he obviously got his name from Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Is that a big hint, Road Warrior? No, I actually no, that's not a big hint at all. Uh, that's just literally where he got the name from because there is a Lord Humongous in the Mad Max series. Viscera? No. Oh, but Good guess, I want to so. see him in bondage gear. 
I don't want to. I think I think his fucking his his uh his tight leather his suspenders were enough of fucking just bondage gear as it was, wasn't it? Who the fuck wears suspenders when you're that giant that your pants can't fall down? <laughs> They're up to your titties. They can't fall down. You wear suspenders. What, to cover your nipples? Get the fuck out of here, you Those shy cocksucker. You could get hit by your censors for that shit. Uh, Lord Humongous was actually Sid Vicious, also known as Sid Justice. Hmm. Uh, he was called Lord Humongous back in the Memphis Territory days when uh, he was working for Jerry the King Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. He also worked for a short amount of time as Lord Humongous in WCW when he first started. But yeah, he wore a hockey mask and some um, just kind of striped kind of shit. Hmm. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was something I did not know. Uh, Thank you for opening my eyes. That was a humongous revelation, basically. It was. Now I'm going to get you back, buddy. Who was the spider? The spider. I know this because I followed this guy's career extensively throughout the mid-90s. And this spider is somebody known as uh, Rey Mysterio when he worked in the little-known Arizona circuit. And he teamed with the Black Widow and the Tarantula to take on the Black Mamba, the Boa... And Diamondback. Wow, you're really good. I'm good at making yeah, shit Yeah, you up. fucking are. <laughs> um, no, the spider does not jump out at me as a... as a pro wrestling name. I know that... I know that Ric Flair... Uh, Ric Flair was... Uh, oh, you're getting a little warmer. He was a masked wrestler. I don't think it was a spider. Is it Ric Flair? No. Okay, he was... Ric Flair was something. And then at one point, WCW had an arachna man. But I honestly think he was nobody famous. So I don't think it would have been him. And they got sued by Marvel Comics. Oh, and this is huge because famous. He was he was completely a ripoff from Spider-Man. Um... um now it bothers me that I can't think of what Ric Flair was when he was like a spider, but oh, he was the black uh, black tarantula or something like that <laughs> when he was facing Sting is what it was. <laughs> but it wasn't the spider. What, what's who? Who's the spider? Pay? Who's the spider? Well, I'm curious. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in you for this, and it's fun. I'm sorry because the story comes full circle in the end. The spider is none other than our. Great golden founder and our logo, Macho Man Randy Savage. That's right. Are you? He was not the Spider in the Spider Man movies, no, though. But he no, was he wasn't in the Spider Man movie. Yeah, but that doesn't make him the Spider. No, but he was the Spider seventy three through eighty five when he began wrestling. He was also You're shit fucking me. He was also in minor league baseball. 
During the offseason, he would wrestle in a mask to hide his face so that his team didn't find out. I knew he was in minor league baseball. God, if this is in his documentary and I don't remember it, I'm going to be fucking disappointed in myself, Pasty, because that's sad. I I do not have any memory of him being the spider. You probably I know that he this was, was literally the very beginning, like his beginning phases. Yeah, I know, but I've I've you know I've I've done a lot of research on the Macho Man. Like you you know me, Pasty. I don't just sit and watch shit from my time period. I I go back and study shit, and I do not remember that. Wow, this I love this. That is awesome. I am I am now going to try to find footage of it, which might not exist. But that's that's awesome. I I knew that he was a uh, a minor league baseball star, mm-hmm. and that's what he was going to go into. I did not know about that. This is uh, and it makes it all the more better that he became Bonesaw McGraw in the Spider Man movies. Wow, you made my night right there, Pasty. I'm glad I did. Uh, it only makes my night even better thinking that I don't think you'll get my next one either. So I'm glad that we both missed out on this next one. My number three is Corazon de Leon. Hmm. Now I'm saying that with a Spanish accent because it's a Spanish name. Corazon de Leon. Oh, well, Corazon is something along the romantic lines. You keep telling and yourself that. De Leon is the lion. You keep telling yourself that. Uh, I could. I'm going on a limb here, and I'm going to say Chris Jericho. You fucking nailed it, Pace. That was a shot in the fucking dark, too. <laughs> The only thing I had to That's go up was all, I thought I and had the fact you. That you pointed out that it was it was a, a Hispanic name. I thought I had you. That was uh, Chris Jericho's name back when he worked for CMLL, and Corazon de Leon translates to Heart of the Lion. There you go. Or Lionheart, as we were akin to him in America. Wow! Good job, pasty Corazon de Leon. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. I almost said Del Rio. <laughs> that that actually wouldn't have been a bad guess, honestly. Right. I ain't gonna lie; that would have been a pretty pretty solid guess. But you used logic and put it together. <laughs> I like that. What you got for me, boy? I think you got this one. I do. Who is Wildo Jinx? This is a really, really good one to pull out, Pasty, because this person has so many nam de guerres, as they would say in French. Truly, and this is not one you've heard about at all in recent times. And um, no, this isn't one that he's pulled out, but... The fact that I've been intrigued enough to look into his past, um, I do actually know who Wildo Jinx is or where he came from. It is Wildo and not Wildo, right? It is Wildo, not Wildo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it I'm is like, wow, Wildo. his name is pretty close to Dildo. Almost, almost, <laughs> <laughs> almost like, I think... I always assumed it's more like Waldo, but, oh, you know, whatever. 
Um, you went to Dildo. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We know where you go. See him back I in like my days, like trampoline wrestling. I was crazy Jay, so I could see it being wild, though. Um, so the fact that you just gave away the answer anyway. Did I? Well, basically, how many trampoline wrestlers are there? Me and my friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was easily, um, it was Jethro Hardy, who has had so many nom de guerres, uh, over the years. But, so many um, great ones, too. Itchweed. Yes. Itchweed uh, my favorites, I think. Which one? Itchweed. Yeah, yeah, and, and, um, people hate on so many of his... And I think he does, I think it's just because they're nostalgic for Jeff. But uh, Willow, like, I loved Willow. And nobody else, I, I've never found anybody else who liked Willow. And I thought it was such a different personality that I thought it was fun. But, yeah, there you go. It's Jeff Hardy, Pasty. There you go. It's Jeff Hardy. Um, so I'll move to my number four. This one was super famous at his time, but not really famous nowadays. And the man himself, this might be a clue, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure you know who it is anyways, so I'm not really giving much up. The man nowadays is not talked about much. And the name is Pegasus Kid. Folks out there listening in, 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 in listening land? Pegasus Kid, do you remember that? Pacey? The name is very, very familiar. That's it's gotta be within the last ten or so years, eh? No, not ten or so years. Hmm. Much farther than that. Probably within twenty five, thirty years. See, my, my initial was going to be Tyson Kid. But I'm gonna opt out of that decision. Um, let me let me think of what year we're in now. <laughs> So we're almost in 20. Oh, yeah, easily within 30 years. 30 years? Yep, 30 plus years. You got any more hints for me? Um, This was this person's name in Japan. Not X-Pac, was it? That's going to be my guess. That's your guess, X-Pac? Yeah. No. I know I know In fact, Pacey, you and I have talked about this on Beef Sticks Podcast. Pegasus Kid is the murderer known as Chris Benoit. <laughs> wow. Yes. We've actually discussed Pegasus Kid before in the past. We have. It's amazing that it slipped my mind as hard as it did. <laughs> And it's not a well-known one of his uh, acronyms, or not acronyms, uh, but nom de guerres or, or nicknames monikers. or whatnot, but monikers. That's that's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you, Pasty. You're always there for me when I need you. I try. I love you. I love you. What do you got next? We're running out of time, but this is fun. I like this. this. Is fun. I don't want to rush you too much. Okay. Who is... Cedric Von Hausen. All right. First of all, super German name. First thing I think of, Hitler. Is this Hitler's wrestling name? It might have been. We don't know. Records were erased. How did Pasty get Nazi records of their pro wrestling? 
this is what we need to look into. Mm-hmm. So red flag up. I'm calling bullshit. People, we need to start fucking confiscating his records and finding out what he knows about the Nazi regime. Outside of that, Cedric von Hausen. Cedric, black name. You got Cedric the Entertainer. You got Cedric Alexander. We know they're black people. (laughs) Von. Von is a big motorized vehicle that takes you from A to B and houses many people. Hausen, German. So we're looking for an African-American German van. (laughs) So this is the Kenya VW van. Pasty, my final answer. Yeah? Yes! Fuck, I knew it! I win the grand prize! (laughs) You were so close when you brought up Hitler and the Nazis. Shut the fuck up! Because this man nowadays rocks a nice Hitler mustache. Oh no, who is it? Who who is Cedric von Hausen? Who has a Hitler mustache? Johnny Gargano. He doesn't have a Hitler mustache. Yes, he does. It's a little bit more pointed outward, but it is a very narrow mustache. I was just marveling at it this week on SmackDown. This super disappoints me because I'm a huge Gargano fan and I have literally never seen or heard Cedric Von Hausen before. Do you, uh, this isn't part of the game. We don't have to know, but do you have any, uh, like recollection of where this came from? Nope. This is the point where I stopped taking notes. <laughs> Fucking A, Pacey. Way to go. It's okay. Wow. I, um, no, I've never, wow. Cool. No, I never God, would have guessed. So he doesn't even. Hitler. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't look like a Cedric von Hausen, does he? No. Huh. Wow. Well you got me you got me right your, there. Your pasty. wrestling knowledge is so deep. I had to dig dig and pull out all the stuff. No, this is awesome. I love that you're that you're just throwing motherfuckers out here. Um Macho man, I should have known though. That was sad. I'll I'll be the first to say it. that was sad. Um, so you got old Seti there. I got a tag team for you, Pasty. Now let me tell you this. Who you're guessing is a tag team. The two people I'm talking about are two singles wrestlers. I'm going to throw an asterisk in there, Pasty. These two single wrestlers have teamed up together under the names that I am going to tell you. But they weren't made famous as a tag team till after they changed their names. My number five is the Diamond Stud and Oz. Oh, fuck. God damn it. And if this is really hard for you, We've I'll tell you another about Oz name. Not even that long ago. We did, yes, we did, Pasty, like two, maybe two episodes ago. And if Oz is too hard for you, I'll tell you the name that he was under when he teamed with the Diamond Stud. Uh, this might give it away, but uh, but I'll give it to you. Diamond Stud and Vinny Vegas. Although Oz is the much weirder of the wrestling personalities than Vinny Vegas. Diamond Stud, that wouldn't be DDP, would it? That would not be DDP. Um, If it helps you, 
Diamond Stud and Vinny Vegas were managed by Diamond Dallas Page. Oh. I still <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> you keep emphasizing Vegas, which makes me want to say high rollers, but I don't even know that that was a tag team. It's a tag team you surely know, Pasty. Like, 100%. One of the biggest tag teams in history. And well-known friends of DDP. And one of them may have shown up on DDP's documentary, Resurrecting Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh. Is it The Outsiders? It is The Outsiders! Oh. How would you ever guess it, Pasty? Well, the more you kept talking, <laughs> the more I knew. The diamond stud is Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash was, for a short time, the, the man known Oz. as Oz who came out in a in a fucking rubber wizard's mask and then took it off to wrestle. Like, why the fuck do you even put a rubber mask on if you're going to take it off? But he, he had the spray-painted white beard, and he came out with the, the Oz green shit. But before that, he was Vinny Vegas when he was with um, the Diamond Stable, which was Diamond Dallas Page, Diamond Stud, Vinny Vegas, and his wife, Kimberly, who was the Diamond Doll. Hmm. And they were all one team. Later on, they left to go to WWE. Um, both Scott Hall and Kevin Nash became big as Razor Ramon and Diesel. Left there to come back to WCW, and they ended up putting over DDP, who was at that point in his mid-40s, and he became one of the biggest... Um, uh, faces in the company at the age of 40 because he had done everything to help them guys out. Again, years and years later, DDP probably saved the life of Jake the Snake's Robert, Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall. Fun facts there. So it all kind of comes full circle. Yeah. Woo! 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 Is... The freaking Deacon. You know what? This one might be a little too easy pasty, and I'm sorry for that. But he is a huge Hollywood star at this point. So it's hard to hide Dave Bautista. Uh, nope. It's not Dave Bautista? Nope. All right, then it's got to be Luke Gallows. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Batista was a deacon for a minute, though, wasn't he? He was. He was, um, he was, um, uh, oh, why am I forgetting Devon Dudley's name? Because his name is Devon Dudley. <laughs> yeah, he was Devon Dudley's deacon. Yeah. I almost had you there. You thought I didn't know it, <laughs> did you? You thought, you thought you had me. Oh, I still got you. You thought you had me. I still me. got you. Might not be here, but I still got you. You do. I, I know for a fact you got me up, Pasty, but I didn't know this one. This one. Um, yeah, he's, he's had some bad ones. Festus, obviously, um, the infamous, the infamous story that allegedly, and I, and I haven't heard anything updated for the past like year and a half, but I know at least a year and a half ago, Lou Gallows has said that he doesn't think Vince knows he used to be in WWE <laughs> and he's trying to keep it that way. <laughs> so, uh, we will see. Uh, you got the freaking Deacon. I knew who that was. I think you know who this was. It might take you a second, though, Pasty. 
This man I do is think hot. It's fair that we ask for one hint per going forward. Yeah, why not? Why not? This guy is hot. He is spicy. He is Cody Man. Curry Man, folks. Curry Man. God, I've seen Curry Man. I don't think we've ever discussed who Curry Man is. We've discussed Curry. I don't think. I don't think we've ever discussed Curry Man. I think I. I I think he came up in like one of the first handful of episodes. To be completely honest, it might have. But who is that fucking dude in the whole jumpsuit with Curry on his face? I'll get. I'll give you a hint. He is a uh, a a name synonymous with TNA, who took on this persona after he was quote unquote fired from TNA, but they still wanted to have him wrestle. And this is not the first time he wrestled under a mask to wrestle in TNA because he has wrestled as Suicide, as Shark Boy, as. And maybe a couple others. He 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 wrestles. He wrestles a lot. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world to this day. AJ Styles. I'll give you. I'll give you another hint. <laughs> he is current. He is currently signed to AEW. Oh boy, he's hot. He's spicy. He is. Uh, JJ. You were so fucking Joey close Janella? with AJ Styles. No. Oh. Christopher Daniels. Oh, shit. That makes a lot of sense. Christopher Daniels. He would fit the suit. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that he wrestled under any of those masks, to be honest. Really? Yeah, he was one of those people that they just they just throw him in a mask randomly, and it's like, hey, you're this guy for now. He's kind of got a face for a mask. <laughs> you tell him that, I won't. Yeah, I will. I'm the one who said they're at their prime. Come on, now. <laughs> All right, who do you got for me, Pasty? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Taj the Destroyer. Taj the Destroyer. Hmm. <laughs> I am going to use common sense, which does not always work in the wrestling <laughs> world, and say, um... I got like three names in my head right now, and I am going to go. I'll tell you my three names, and I'll tell you who I'm going with. That'll be my last name. Do you need a hint? Uh, yeah, I do need a hint because because I'm just going off of um, I'm just just working off the name right now. I I don't have a clue. Sure, give me a hint. He hails. From the state directly south of ours. 
Well, you just knocked out two of my guesses. <laughs> for sure. Probably three. And I will say pay no mind to Okay, Taj, wait, 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 just wait, just wait. Just wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess before you go any further. I'm gonna guess the only fucking Iwegian I can think of in pro wrestling. Um, which is n- nothing to any of my guesses before you just gave me that hint. <laughs> and I am going to go with Seth freaking Rollins. You're freaking correct, sir. Why the fuck is he Taj the Destroyer? <laughs> he kind of looks Middle Eastern. Uh, He's got that nose. I mean, if you're... Okay, he has a beard, <laughs> racist motherfucker. Um... No, I, honestly, I was going for um, Sanjay Dutt or um, or the two Minnesota boys. Why am I spacing off on our Minnesota boys? Ari Davari and Sean. Yeah, Dari. the Davari boys. Yeah, Sean and Ari. Yeah, <laughs> that those were my three. Those were my three guesses until you just said that. So. Without the hint, I, I never would have got it. With the hint, I, I don't know anybody else from fucking Iowa. Right. To yeah, be I honest, thought so Iowa that was, was a pretty, pretty good hint. hint. But I think <laughs> I was going to try to drop the architect without giving it away. I'd say WWE architect could never leave him on the curb. That was another one I was thinking. If you would have said Shield, I probably would have went with Roman, to be honest, because he's dark-skinned. But he didn't wrestle anymore You know what beforehand. I mean? We don't fucking know. I, I mean, fuck. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's that's a good one. I, I got it, but I only got it from the hint. So, <laughs> way to go. All right. Um, this next one, Pasty, it's kind of an internet darling, but I had to throw it in here because of the, because of the ridiculous fucking name, and because it is a pretty big name afterwards. And this one is Thurman Sparky Plug. Which, let me first say, folks, in his vignettes, he would say, my name is Thermy Plug. You can call me Sparky, Thurman Sparky Plug, or just say STP. Motherfucker said Thurman Sparky Plug and then said STP. <laughs> it's TSP, you motherfucker. <laughs> But his whole gimmick was he was a race car driver, and STP is an oil company, so apparently they should go to fucking gather. Um, all right, Pacey, Thurman Sparky Plug. Do you know who this driver. cat was? <sighs> who, by the way, is a race car driver in his legit, like, non-pro wrestling life. Like, that was his career. Mario Andretti? You got it! Andretti! It was Luigi Andretti. <laughs> His nemesis was Wario. No, nah, I'm kidding. No. I know this one. I know. And it is? Well, you wouldn't race a car without expecting a crash. So it's got to be Hardcore Bob Holly. Who has a cousin whose name is Crash. Yes. You tied that together very loosely, but you tied it together. Yeah, well, it doesn't help. I made my list, too. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Thurman Sparky Plug, Bob Holly, hardcore Bob Holly. Um, he was also part of the Body Donnas when they first uh, joined WWE uh, in the um, at the beginning, which was Tom Pritchard and Bob Holly with Sonny. Tom Pritchard, of course, was Dr. Tom Pritchard, who is Bruce Pritchard's brother, who we all know Bruce Pritchard from the podcast now. Um, hardcore Bob Holly, we know from his hardcore matches. And Sunny, we know from her hardcore videos where she farts when she's getting fucked by guys and she's overweight. And as a 90s pro wrestling fan, I... S- Still masturbate to it. <laughs> I can't say I've ever watched any of her videos. I do know that like last month she put out a tweet saying she's willing to fuck any fan to get back at her boyfriend. And I'm so willing to pay for her to do it, even though she's horrible. <laughs> because I think of her as Sunny from 1994 and not Sunny of... 2019. You'd have to put a lot of imagination God into that. damn it. Yeah. But it's sunny! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, She does. I, I'm pretty sure she still has a website, folks. Go out there and support her. She will go on there and strip and masturbate for you if you pay a certain amount and you can jerk off to her and she makes money that way, and that is a honest way of living. And if you want to do that, you really should go out there and support her and do, you know, do your thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm all for that. Oh, so you're up next, Pacey. You're at number eight. I think this one might get you. I thought you thought it would, and I knew it exactly when I seen it. The- but go ahead Go ahead and say it anyway. Who is the Christmas? And, I, and I'll explain to who you. Who is the Christmas creature? That That's all you're fucking giving me? Fucking sell it, pasty! Twas the night before Christmas. Come on, pasty. <laughs> Give me some. He'll jingle your bells and deck your halls. Who is the Christmas creature? All right, pasty. I do know this one. And the reason I know it is because... I listened to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and I'm pretty sure it was actually oh excuse me that's that Reese's peanut butter cup coming hey, up that's gotta taste good back uh, you know what I finished them all so good for me I didn't think I would Um, and I think it was an Undertaker episode where they were discussing Kane and Bruce Pritchard talked about how the first time he seen Kane was as the quote Christmas creature. And I believe it was for either NWA or for uh, Mid South Wrestling. I want to say it, it was, was Mid-South. one or the other. It might, it, it sounds more it, Mid South than NWA, honestly, to be honest. Because I, I did but read it, it is I didn't Kane, take right? notes down, but I, it could have been It both. is Kane, though, right? It is Kane, yes, am I right? 100%. Okay. And he said he dressed up as a fucking Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah, like a Christmas like, tree with Like, I've never seen face. it. 
Yeah, I've never seen it. I don't have any pictures. I've never seen video. I just happen to know this pasty because I am a diehard fucking something to wrestle with fan who literally has not only listened to every episode, but when I catch up to the episodes, I go back and start from the beginning and done it. So there's a few episodes I've listened to three times, if not twice. Um, so yeah, I, that's the only reason I know that the Christmas creature was Kane is because of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Folks, if you're a pro wrestling fan, I highly recommend that. I recommend any of the Conrad Thompson, uh, podcasts, which would be 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and what happened when Mondays with Tony Schiavone. But yeah, um, this this would have been probably one of the best ones, Pasty, if it weren't for Bruce Pritchard dropping that knowledge on me. Because I don't know where I would have ever seen the Christmas creature. <laughs> right. And I had to go with it. I mean, you could easily go with uh, 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 Isaac Yankum for Kane. Which I had, and I had to delete because it was a little too obvious. Everybody knows Isaac. And I, I even had, I even had the fake Diesel, which not so many people know was Kane, but was Kane. Mm. So, and we had to delete him for Thurman Sparky plug. You know, (laughs) (laughs) gotta give Thurman that win. Good old STP. Yeah. My next one is one I'm pretty sure you also know, so I'm not going to feel too bad. But it's one that's so infamous, I had to put it on here. The WWE's Max Moon. But, Pasty, I'm going to put you on the spot here, all right? All right. Um, Max Moon was portrayed by two... Well-known pro wrestlers. One is more well-known than the other, but two main event or main name wrestlers. Not main event, main name wrestlers. So I'm, I'm going to put you out here on here. If you give me one, I'm going to ask you the other one. I'll give you points just for giving me one. Okay, well I can give you one right off the top of my head. I I got that. All right, Max Max Moon, Conan. Okay. Do you know that Conan never portrayed Max Moon on TV? Only on, I think it was three house shows, maybe. Oh, shit. Max Moon was created for Conan. Vince McMahon seen Conan um, down in CMLL. No, AAA. And was in love with him. Conan came up. Vince came up with the Max Moon gimmick for Conan. Conan hated it. And he maybe did one to three house shows with it. It's debatable if he ever did even any. And he's the one who's always associated with the Max Moon gimmick. But Conan never portrayed Max Moon on TV. Every time Max Moon was on TV, he was by another pro wrestler who is known in pro wrestling, but is definitely a mid to uh, C Carter. Do you happen to have any guess who that might have been? I will say that he had better success in ECW, but even in ECW, he became just a mid Carter at best. Dreamer? 
Dreamer was a headliner in ECW. Come on, man. I just I can't help but think about him now and assume that he was never any good. <laughs> I know, right? No, Paul Diamond was actually the guy who portrayed. Anytime you see Max Moon, a uh, 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 a match of Max Moon, it was Paul Diamond. I don't even know who Paul Diamond is, to be completely honest. <laughs> there you go. He was in ECW though. He was never much. He was nothing in WWE. He was nothing in anything other than ECW where he was a mid-carder. And he had a decent mid-card career in ECW. But, yeah. it's That's one of those stories that just often get kind of blurred in pro wrestling history where it's like, Max Moon was Conan. And it's like, nah, not really. They made Max Moon for Conan. But he didn't want it, and so Paul Diamond portrayed it in a few times that he actually was on TV. Hmm. So there you go. Who's your next one? Okay. Other than being a huge Marshall Mathers fan and potential stalker, who was Stan? Um, you stole my, my Slim Shady joke. <laughs> I probably didn't do it as so eloquently as you would I, either. So I'm really stuck with um just saying I have no fucking idea who Stan is. Well. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't have anything clever. I, I was building up this, uh, dear Slim. I hope you got this letter, but no, I'm just. He. <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I have nothing for just somebody named just Stan. I, seem, I will say it's not somebody that they put a lot of fucking um, time into because nobody's going to be called just Stan <laughs> and be a main event guy. No. Honestly, may have never even wrestled under the name, which is kind of cheap on okay. my part. Yeah, it's... it's I will tell you, his run as Stan was not the only time he was a flash in the pan for WWE. A flash in the pan. The only thing I can think of is uh, Yokozuna getting, or Hulk Hogan getting blinded by the camera with Yokozuna. Like, flash. Flash. Think. I'm thinking of '93 with Hogan getting getting blinded with the flash. Well, it's not that old. And Yokozuna winning. 2006. I don't know. If you remember a little event called Cyber Sunday. No, I don't. <laughs> I wasn't watching WWE back then, so I'm completely lost on Shawn that. Shawn Michaels freaked out and and left, and on his exit from the arena, flash? super kicked. Three individuals backstage. Heidenreich! Nope. Is it Heidenreich? <laughs> no. That's the only person I can think of from no. that time. I honestly don't Very know. Very recently, I, 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 don't, I don't have a guess. WWE. Stan is none other than the perfect Heidenreich. Ty Dillinger. No way! Yep. In 2006? Yep. The fuck was he doing he there? He got super kicked by Shawn Michaels, was he just, who was very uh, upset. While leaving Cyber was Sunday. he just was he a lo- just a local that was like backstage yeah, or whatever dressed up in a suit? Oh man, you super reached that I one. I did. I mean, we didn't put any rules on this, Pasty, <laughs> but 
Damn, you super reached that one. Well, it was his original gimmick in WWE. <laughs> I like it. No, I and love it. And it was it. enough to I the like point that. that they actually gave him a name, and they could have not gave him a name, and then he wouldn't be on the list. Wow. No, I would. Uh, number one, I wasn't watching back then. But even if I was watching, there's no fucking way I would have known who the fuck that was. Um, I'm I'm super excited for your next one. And, and I got one to go yet. I got two to go yet, but... Well, the, the last one's one for the people. Well, let's um, hear your next. I'm, I'm super excited. My next, again, because I had a hard time <laughs> whittling this down to ten, is I made a tag team into two separate singles. So this this was a super famous tag team, but the two singles who were kind of duds, was the Shockmaster, who was infamous. Everybody knows the Shockmaster, oh, yeah. whether you know who he is or not. And Tugboat. So, uh, one of the hints I'll give you, Pasty, is the Shockmaster was a WCW gimmick. Yep. Tugboat was a WWF gimmick. They're two big boys. God, I can't for the fucking life of me remember who Shockmaster was or what other other, other team he wrestled in, but I know it. Who the are, knowledge what, is in my brain. Two, it's just buried deep. Think of two tag teams from like the late 80s, early 90s of two just big dudes. Just two big dudes. That's all it was. Like that was their gimmick, literally. I can't. can't put my finger on it. I can't. I'm gonna... Oh. They came down in, like, overalls and shit, right? Farmery, hillbilly gimmicks. No, you're thinking of the Godwins, Henry O and Phineas I, P-I-G and H-O-G. Um, these guys had a really good feud with uh, Money Inc., which is Ted DiBiase and Erwin, I Sh- Erwin R. Scheister. Um, one of the biggest tag teams of the '80s. I know that's slightly before your time, so that might be cheating on my part. Road Warriors. But I know that you'll recognize the name when I say it. It's not. I didn't think so. Go ahead. I'll take the. I'll take the fucking digger on this one. The the natural disasters, earthquake and typhoon. Oh, okay. Shockmaster was typhoon and tugboat was no. Shockmaster was earthquake and tugboat was typhoon. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I. I uh, did fun know that. note. Buried too deep. Tugboat. Was uh back when Earth er, Earthquake was always Earthquake, but Tugboat used to be Tugboat and he was a babyface. And then when Earthquake was feuding with Hulk Hogan, Tugboat came to save Hulk Hogan. But in storyline purposes, Tugboat turned on Hulk Hogan and changed his name to Typhoon, and they became the Natural Disasters. And that was while um, Sergeant Slaughter was kind of one of the big heels also. So, yeah. 
It's a big 80s one. I wasn't sure how much you would know them, but I think they're all big enough names that I had to put them on there. It's okay. I'm going to get you good with my last one. You gonna I'm going to stump the world last. with my last one. I don't I don't even know what it is. <sighs> I, I just love the name. I know. It's beautiful. That's why it had to go. It had to go, and I put it at the bottom. I'm like, this is it. This is my fucking linchpin right here. If I'm hanging by a thread, this is going to be the one that gets me over. Who is a very mysterious ice cream? I don't even fucking have a guess. As I said before we started recording, I know that in Shikara, there are various different ice cream characters. That was the promotion that saw Kenny Omega wrestle a blow-up doll and a girl, right? Uh, no. That was in DDT Pro Wrestling. That's a Japanese uh, wrestling one. DDT Pro Wrestling. That's the same one that, that, that I'm had, pretty sure um, this was the, in Shikara then, from what I remember. Okay, it could be. that, But DDT was the same one that had... Um, Um, the invisible, um, the invisible man yeah. versus um, Okada. Not, not Okada. Um, Omega. No, no, it wasn't Omega. Um, and uh. okay, I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm going off on a tangent. I don't even know where I'm going. Um, no, but uh, no, I'm not sure. A various mysterious ice cream. A very mysterious ice cream. I don't know. The, my, my best guess is a Shikara event because they have diff, uh, a whole a whole stable of different ice creams. But I don't know this one. This one. This one catches me for a loop. I have no guess. I don't even have a single guess. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Who could it be based? One moment. I'm going to give you a hint, and the hint is he is currently. Wrestling in WWE. That's not much of a fucking hint. Um, I will throw it out there and say Kyle O'Reilly. Ooh, you're you're pretty far off. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It wasn't Shikara. Okay. Um. I le- hey, I got that part right. I know they like their ice cream in Shikara. Pro. Okay. He he's a current WWE wrestler. Yep. You, you said could that. say he's a singles wrestler in a tag team division. Yeah. Yeah, I could. <laughs> um, it's going to blow your fucking mind. You, Pace, you forget that I'm really not fucking watching WWE right now, so I don't even know who's in the the tag or singles divisions. Um, da- Daniel Bryan? <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, let me know what it is. I'm, I'm curious. I... 
It is the Swiss Superman. I don't have a guess. Cesaro. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Oh, so much. Yeah, him and Cassius Ono were the kings of wrestling as one of the best tag teams of all time. Uh, and he's with um, Sheamus right now as, again, one of the best, honestly, one of the best. Ta- he, he's been in two of the best tag teams of all time, which is weird. Maybe he should just be a tag team wrestler. But um, was he part of the uh, ice cream guys? Then? Yeah, he was, was part sort of, of Los Ice deal? Creams. Wow, good for Debuted him. Debuted in Shikara on uh, February 16th, 2007. Honestly, that doesn't surprise me that Cesaro would be in a, a promotion like Shikara. Or even that he would be in ice cream in that. Because <laughs> that's just... The folks that don't know Shikara aren't even going to understand this. But the folks that do will completely understand oh, it. Oh yeah, so no, Shikara I don't have to explain it. Oh yeah, um, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that. All right, pasty. I got a good one for you. Number ten is Z Gangsta. <laughs> Z Gangsta. Z E space G A N G S T A. Z Gangsta. <laughs> So you were researching the Nazis too, huh? <laughs> I will tell you this, Pasty. Z Gangsta has appeared in a movie that you love. I like a lot of movies. You love. I I'm 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 ninety percent sure you love this movie. I know you've seen it. I'm sure you love it. Z Gangsta is a is a major is a major character in a in a movie that you love. <laughs> what kind of time period is this movie? Nineties. <clears throat> God, I'm stumped. I'm fucking stumped. He has appeared at WrestleMania. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who are in 90s movies that you love who have appeared in WrestleMania. (laughs) Really? You fucking lead an interesting fucking life. (laughs) Oh, Christ. I don't know. Uh, I'm so lost. 90s movie that I love. I don't recall any wrestlers in Half-Baked. He has appeared in both WWE and WCW. And he's in a 90s... He's in a lot of movies. Hogan? Like, a lot. Yes, Hogan is in a lot and he's of movies. Z Gangsta. He is not Z Gangsta. Hogan faced Z Gangsta one on one. 
That that was one of his uh, opponents. Major opponent. WrestleMania yeah. three. Oh yeah. Sure, but it's, it's not. not Andre. <laughs> No, it's not. That would be funny. He is not Z gangsta. <laughs> nope, I'm at a loss. Just give it to me. Feed me more. Z gangsta is the man who's legally known as Tiny Lister from Friday, Debo. But was also Zeus in WWE. But he was the gangster when he went to WCW and faced Hulk Hogan in WCW. How very bold of you to say I love Friday. You don't love Friday? I'm cool with it. What a bitch. What a bitch. (laughs) You're a bitch. But come on. It's a 90s movie that has a wrestler who appeared in both WWE and WCW. I'm I'm being pretty fucking open here. Yeah. 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 There's not a lot of other people it could have been. (laughs) Tiny Lister. That's such a great name for a guy like Debo. (laughs) I know, right? This motherfucker. Uh, No, I I knew you wouldn't get this one just because that's his WCW name. I don't know if you would have got it if I said Zeus. Would you recognize Zeus nope. from WWE? Nope. I no. The only time I ever draw the connection between them is when it's pointed out to me, and then it's gone from my mind. Okay, Zeus was his name in No Holds Barred, which was a theatrical release, and he appeared in that. But yeah, no, he was a horrible wrestler and a good um, actor. Tiny Lister. With that being said, Pacey, you and I both had somebody on our list. We were both was hoped was going to stump the other person, but we knew. <laughs> we both knew, but we were like, we got to let the fans know because there, there's got to be a percentage of folks out here who don't know this name. What was it, Pasty? The name is Terry Boulder. Terry Boulder. That sounds Terry Fying, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like terrorizing. Right, that's what I Which we deleted read, off like, our Yeah, we deleted that off our list. <laughs> terrorizing. But Terry Boulder deserves a spot because Surprisingly, the man is actually more influential in the pro wrestling world than terrorizing, which he may be the only other person other than Vince McMahon who's more influential. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And a little hint for the fans who listen to the end. He probably also doesn't have a 10-inch penis. But he might. Well, you very well could. We don't know. We Well... To be fair, we don't have any court documents telling us what Terry Bowler's penis size is. We have Terry Bollea's, and we have Hulk Hogan's, but not Terry Bowler's. His could be fucking seven feet. We don't know. (laughs) We have no court documents, Pasty. But without me just spoiling it, who is Terry Bowler? Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, 
which makes sense. Actually, the name Terry Boulder makes more sense than a Hulk right? Hogan. Well, he started going by Terry the Hulk Boulder or whatever. Right. And that transition. Terry Boulder, then Terry the Hulk Boulder, and then Terry Hulk Hogan. Um, a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people think Vince McMahon came up with Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, it was Vern Gagne that came up with the incredible, it was Terry the Incredible Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Because he saw he saw Terry watching a lot of Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk. Yes. And so when people say, like, did Vince create Hulk Hogan or did Hulk Hogan create Vince? It's like, uh, you know, that's that's still argumentative. But Hulk Hogan was around before Vince. Vince might have made him. Vince did not might have. There's no argument. Vince made him bigger than he ever would have been. But Hulk Hogan also made Vince bigger than he ever would have been. But. Uh, Vern Gagne created the Hulk Hogan character. Don't forget that. Pacey. Score one for Minnesota. Score two for Minnesota. <laughs> and two. Um, long episode. A little bit. Uh, went a little longer than we wanted to. I get that. Uh, good episode. We had a lot to talk about. We even cut a little bit out. But remember, folks, God, this was a good I one. I had a lot of fun. We, we, we could have cut out the name game, but I think you all deserve it. I think you deserve both our top ten and oh, yeah. the name And it's kind of hard to cut out something we announced the previous week. Ah, we can cut out whatever <laughs> the fuck we want. We own the place. <laughs> yeah, but still, you deserve it. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Every moment you give us. Especially on these long shows. Make sure to tune in next week when we'll have our predictions for WWE Fastlane, as well as a slew of other things. Life in the Fastlane. Guaranteed to lose your mind. As always, I am the fattest of the Max you'll ever know. And it's your boy, Pasty. Thank you, and good night.